Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Leland, uh, so programming note up front, uh, if you tuned in for winter sports <laughs> stuff, uh, we're not there yet. Sorry, life has been busy this week for both of us, so just not there. So Leland, let's just talk. Um, I don't think, I <laughs> I already can't remember what we did last week or didn't talk about. <laughs> so um, Shohei Otani signed for a lot of money, and he certainly did deferred all but 20 million of it until after 10 years uh, when his playing career will probably be over or very close to being over. Um, One, I'm surprised that uh, that was allowed to go through. I know the other MLB owners probably hate it. It allowed the Dodgers to do something like trade for, and now the pitcher's name is escaping me. It was literally in my head, and I should have typed it in, I guess. Um, <laughs> the guy from the race. Oh. Um, I didn't even hear about the trade, so that's that's how on top of it I am. Uh, is it Glass now? Is that the guy's name? Yeah, that? yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. yep. And then they signed him to a big deal. Because I've had him on Fantasy a couple times. Yeah, then they signed him to a big deal. So, um, I, I mean, I guess good news for the Orioles – Glass now is out of the division, um, and Shohei didn't go to the Yankees or the Blue Jays. That was funny. That was maybe the most funny part about this whole thing, was the Blue Jays fans freaking out, like, celebrating on Twitter. He's coming to Toronto. We're going to get Shohei Otani. And then all of a sudden, it's Dodgers. And my initial reaction was, oh, I hate the Dodgers. But then my secondary reaction was, oh, yeah, those Blue Jays fans didn't get Shohei Otani, which is kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's, I don't know. I guess I never really believed it was going to be real that he would go there anyway. So it would have been weird, right? On, yeah, it would have been weird. I was just never on the brink of like, oh, wow, that's where he's winding up. Like, I just was never there. So I I guess the Dodgers always felt like where he was going to wind up. Um, so I guess you in division is going to like take that a little more like, <laughs> against Toronto and that's fine. Um, yeah, but I, it makes sense. He stays there. I, I guess we're going to start seeing more contracts like this and that'll be interesting, uh, because this allows the Dodgers to kind of remain competitive and getting other players like glass now, like the lineups that they've been getting Um, this doesn't really impact their ability. And they add, you know, a top, I don't know top five guy on both sides, like a top five hitter, top five pitcher, like, and, and, and then capable of doing both right now. He's only going to be doing the hitting, but that's, they assume he'll be back on the mail. People keep saying, well, what if he can't pitch? I I don't know. You see this contract and it just means the next time a big guy signs that isn't a hitter and pitcher because everybody else is that it's going to be something like this. And it's going to be, this is gonna be part of the talks. Um, it's, you know, it's like a weird Bobby Bonilla deal. Like, it's not as high dollar as Bobby Bonilla and more talent than Bobby Bonilla. So it's not exactly like that, but it's just, I, I like it for the sake of team. I like it for the sake of committing to winning. Um, he's also able to do this. I think a little differently because an American born or at least like Western hemisphere born player isn't going to have the outlet that Shohei Otani does. He has, an unlimited amount of ability to gain sponsorships from his home country there. And 
he he can make the money. He can live the life that any other top-notch talent can, but he can do that all the same while his team is can remain committed to winning. So it's pretty cool. Like I, I think it's cool in that area. I also think every other team in in America is also like, wow, if we knew this was on the table, we could have done this for him. You know, like this would have presented probably a lot of teams more ability to do this. So you wonder how long this has kind of been coming together um, behind the scenes to a degree where, you know, Shohei might not have been in the middle of it, but his agents and representation working on such a deal. So it's, it's innovative in a way it's going to, you know, open up possibilities in other places. So um, it's, it's kind of a shifting deal, like shifts major league baseball and future signing. So once again, here is Shohei Otani kind of paving new paths that we are not used to seeing and have to go to 1920 to compare to. Not on this deal, because his plane is doing the comparison to 1920. So he's just, again, just, uh, you can throw any word you want to at it. Just, you know, seismic player in Major League Baseball. I do think, look, even if Shohei pitches and hits, I, I mean, you look at 700 million, I just don't know how a player ever lives up to that value um, individually. Now, if you get. When you see all those signs with, with eight, with Japanese writing in the outfield next year, like around the stadium and that. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. Like what was, what was the last number? 600 million. Are those, are those teams hurting for those players that have signed for the, I would say the Padres are seeing as I would say the Padres are the Padres are a team that spent a ton of money and have no World Series to show for it. They're selling away their players now. Like, yeah, I think maybe not the Dodgers because they're the Dodgers. But I think I mean, the Angels paid a bunch of money to Albert Pujols. Would do you think the Angels were happy with that deal? They paid a bunch of money to Mike Trout. Do you think they're happy with that deal? Are they going bankrupt? No, but it's impossible in the way professional sports franchises are in America. I know John Angelus is going to tell you that he's going to go belly up, but um, like it's impossible to go bankrupt. I just are the Angels as a business failing? No, but my point is more of the. I think they got what they wanted. I think like there's a lot of teams in baseball that aren't trying to win World Series. They're trying to make money. And I think the Angels are one of those because they continue to stay in that area of not winning on the field and still are making money, still selling. Well, I think they're trying. I think they're trying. They're spending money on their on their payroll. But that's when I say a player isn't going to live up to that $700 million value. I don't know what numbers justify on the field, what numbers justify $700 million. I don't think they do. Like, you look at the other mega deals – if the Dodgers win three or four World Series in this 10-year window, then sure. Maybe maybe you can say, you know what, that was worth it. If they don't, then I think you're going to look back at that and go, man, I would have liked to have had that money to spend elsewhere. Um, but especially at I the end of that 10-year window. Under, I'll be quicker to say, oh, yeah, that was a big mistake. Um, if, if they have to sell it off because there's no way for them to survive and stuff like that, like they need to cash in now to – survive as a business the ownership group or whatever well i mean that that would be closer to short of short of end of days that's not going to happen for an american professional franchise then i think it's going to get justified i don't i don't think it 
I think know. we said the same. I think maybe not you and I, but people said the same thing on these contracts just before him. And I, I just don't see the Yankees. And I think they've under. been. I don't. I don't see. I don't, it doesn't seem like. But Aaron again, Judge just put the Yankees from under, and they didn't even make the playoffs this year. To that point, though, like that's New York. So if your name's not New York or L.A., does this make sense? And this is L.A. Yeah, I. I just. I don't know. Like they can afford to, they can afford to pay all this money and lose money on this contract and still be okay because they're LA like versus, you know, and this is maybe a baseball problem that they're going to run into, which I think think you can make the argument. They're already in it is that if your name's not New York or LA free agency, isn't necessarily that fun for you. And are you interested? Um, or do you have a bunch of casuals, and if, you're, if your market is doing well, then you hop on the bandwagon and you get that little bump in that market. But I don't know. I don't know what the answer to this is. I don't think we're going to see a salary cap in baseball come the next CBA. Um, the players' union is going to fight that pretty hard. Um, but I think it would have been cool if, like, San Francisco or Seattle could have been bigger players in this conversation. I really thought Seattle had a better chance at them than a lot of teams apparently they did not they didn't even they weren't even talked about late in the game on this uh san francisco was late in the game on aaron judge so i thought maybe i thought he was going to stay on the west coast i thought for um ties to japan reasons and time zone stuff so at least people are awake when he's playing kind of things i thought i thought that was going to be a bigger factor um and him staying in la i could say oh i was right but um i just thought there'd be more bidding on this than maybe there was. So I think that that helps your point of like, is, is it going to be worth it? And then I, I, I just don't see this business wise being a big failure. So I, I thought we knew the number was approaching 700, maybe not quite 700 million. I think it, it went past what we thought, what we were, what was there? We saying 650, 600, like 650. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like judge got 600, right? I don't know. Maybe. So I think he, I think we all knew it was going to be past that, and and not just by two million or something. You know, it was going to be well past that in some monumental number. But seven hundred's a lot. I mean, it still made me react. We were on the way back from the state game when this broke, and we were like, "Oh, that's a lot of money." I just don't, you know, if it was a billion, maybe maybe I would have said blew blew the water out of what I thought this was going to be. But seven hundred's still kind of around what we thought it was going to be. So that's why I just don't think this we're going to, I don't know, when Nolan Ariano signed, we're like, holy crap, that's a lot of money in 10 years or whatever it was, 12 years and all that. Like, I I, I don't think how, the franchises that it, he's played on since then have gone under. I think. Okay. Colorado it was the, still yeah, the Rockies signed him. And St. then the Rockies, the Rockies had to trade him to the Cardinals. But what have the Cardinals done since they got him? Is my I, point I like they're not you're winning on the field, not off the field. I think I think this is an off the field decision. I think this is them tying themselves to the Japan market and Japan uh, Japanese uh, sponsorships and all that. So I think like financially, this isn't this isn't going to be a big failure. But I don't know if and it's and that's a gamble a for the Dodgers, I guess. Successful on the field, it's setting itself up to be like still allow them to compete on the field, which which is what yes, you're trying to base this off of. I am. That's my. That's the main point of my argument when I say I don't think it's going to be worth $700 million. Maybe business-wise, maybe, but I think that's a gamble in itself if you're the L.A. Dodgers. For Shohei Otani, it's going to be great because I think 
I don't know if Japanese people will embrace LA Dodgers. I think they embrace Shohei Otani. I don't know if they necessarily be like, oh yeah, we love the LA Dodgers. I don't think there's a huge Angels following in Japan. And if there was, it's gone. So... Yeah, but with everybody wanting to tune in and see who Shohei Otani, and so you want those ads. I, I don't know. I think it's one of yeah, the Yeah, but I don't same. think you think make money on every, it. I think like, when the Seattle Mariners were great in the 90s because everybody's tuning in to see King Griffey Jr., like it was one and the same. Like they were able to be a national power in the 90s for their ad sales, and all of a sudden the Kingdom had ads in there with that for not Coke, but Coke equivalent, Texaco equivalent, and not just, you know – the coffee shop down the street, like it was in 1980. Like, I think they became more of a national brand in the nineties because of those star players. And I think that's what we're going to see. This is a world star in Shohei Utani. And we're going to see just that. Okay. I, but I if, don't think if they start putting up Japanese businesses in their stadium, how does that help? The, the U S consumers not going to buy stuff. The Japanese fan in Japan is not going to see that. They add itself costs money, and so that space on the wall. I guess, but value goes increases. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I don't know how much that's going to happen though. Like I, I think I think the oh, Japanese ad be revenue Japanese ads everywhere next year. Absolutely, I, I think that's going to go to Shohei Otani though. I think that's endorsement money for Shohei Otani. I don't think it's going to be in large swaths to the LA Dodgers. I just don't. I don't think we're going to see I a bunch say, of ads in I Japanese. Say, I think there. we need to write down on June fifteenth. Okay, I mean, we'll see. Game close to June fifteenth. How many different? And it's be hard for us to tell, you know, how much Japanese writing are we seeing around the stadium? And it's going to be a lot. I really don't think so, but okay. Um, I do. I don't. It's a, it's a, it was already angels. Angels had Japanese writing all over the stadium, but that's because the angels don't have fans. So they're going to, if the, if the large portion of their fan base becomes Japanese, (laughs) the Dodgers have fans, the Dodgers have a fan base already. And it's a largely playing into my argument. Now this is not going to be some catastrophic failure. No, but I, I don't, when your fans are largely English speaking or Spanish speaking, I don't think you're going to see like Japanese stuff go up in the stadium. I just don't, I, do. I don't think you're going to see that. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see where it comes out. I, I think on the winning and losing, I, I think, I guess I disagree with this being some kind of failure too, with the way this is structured for them to be able to go out and sign other people and continue to be the Dodgers. That's the good news for the Dodgers. Signing, signing, signing. Yeah. Like, I think they'll continue to be contenders. I, I think this is great for baseball. I think this puts their one of their biggest stars that has a world appeal in October where he has not been. I think that's going to happen. There's no reason for me to think the Dodgers are not going to be playing in October. They've been playing in October without him, and now they're adding him. I, I think absolutely this is great for baseball that one of their biggest stars in the world market will be more visible for an additional month. Sure. Or, or you know, in, into that additional month. I don't know if they're going to win the World Series every year. I doubt it. But it puts them as contenders like they already are. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not saying him going to the Dodgers makes them less of a World Series contender. I don't think that. Um, I think it helps. But I will say, if he, the, what would concern me with that second Tommy John is if he ever does pitch again. And the fact that he's having this Tommy John and he's like, okay, I'm not going to pitch, but I'm going to pick up a bat and swing. Part of me is like, how does that make a lot of sense? Um, in like 
wouldn't that still do damage while you're trying to recover uh, from the Tommy John? I don't, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. Yeah, I, um, I think a lot of doctors have been talking about this, and I'm sure the Dodgers are well aware of what the doctors are saying. Him actually doing it is going to, yeah, either way, whether us not being doctors or them being doctors, having involved in the conversations. Yeah, I, I just, and I will say, uh, if he risk. doesn't, if he there. doesn't pitch, $700 million is a lot for a hitter. It's too much. But 600 isn't? No, I think 600 million was too much. I think the Yankees overpaid for Aaron Judge. And I think you saw some of that already this year. Because when Aaron Judge gets hurt, which he's gotten hurt a lot in his career, that's you're paying a dude $600 million to miss, what, 40% of the season? That's a, that's a lot. Well, they didn't pay him $600 million to miss this season. They paid him $600 million over... Eight, 10 years but if he misses, you know, 25 to 40% of the season each year of his career because he's hurt, you overpaid. It's a bad investment. But why Why would we assume he's going to miss 25% of the season every year? Because he's why hurt. He that? gets hurt a lot. Aaron Judge has pl- had he one healthy career. seasons that he's played. Aaron Judge has been healthy his for his career one season. That seems like an exaggeration. I don't think it is. I think when you're going to look it up, you're going to be surprised at how many games he's missed. Maybe. He misses a lot of games. Well, I and there's going to be a there's a that up. I don't want to sit here in silence. There's a price. <laughs> there's a price cap to this. Eventually, like these deals. Eventually, we're going to get one. I don't know what that price cap is, though. I, I do agree with that point. Eventually, we're going to see a price cap. And what are the LA like, Dodgers going to do? What are the LA Dodgers going to do if Major League Baseball looks at, you know, 28 other teams or 27 other teams or whatever you want to call it when you're looking at the regional sports networks and how they're not really working for the other teams in the league? What are they going to do if Major League Baseball says, okay, we're going to redo how we do this? We're going to package our teams together and sell the rights to a streaming service or do it in-house, and we're going to get rid of regional sports networks. Because that's kind of the Dodgers' big advantage is their regional sports network being L.A. versus Kansas City or Tampa or Miami. And if you if you take away that, that money goes down. Because a lot of these regional sports networks are failing. There's like a dozen MLB teams that they're going to have a bankruptcy problem with the regional sports network. Yeah. Any conversations I've heard revolving around this, like it's quick to pull out the Dodgers and the Yankees and um, the ones that are, are not the problem that whatever major league baseball decides to do, isn't going to screw the Yankees and screw the Dodgers. So like, I guess I'm not, I'm not worried. Like if I were in their shoes, so I'd, I'd be surprised if the people, that are in charge of those teams. My counterpoint to that would be that's all well and good until you don't have enough teams to have a league. And eventually you're going to have to look at the Yankees and the Dodgers and be like, look, you're going to take a little bit of a hit here. You're going to take a little bit of a hit. If the regional sports networks go under, it absolutely will happen. That teams will stop that like major amount of teams will stop existing. I I don't at all think that's what's going to happen. I think major league baseball, how are they going to, how are they going to afford? They'll own the, viewership for 20, 20 of the teams or something. How are they going to afford to run that? Their yes network and the Dodgers will still have their, whatever that work that is. Like, I don't think 
I, I don't think that that'll just be one central thing controlling all those teams. And I don't think those teams think that'll happen either. That's a big gamble because you're looking at other sports leagues who are arguably better at this than Major League Baseball is, and that's the route they're going. Yeah, but like basketball kind of developed that way. Um, but no, they still have their own regional sports networks. Like, and you still have the Knicks. You still have the Knicks are still a valuable media f- in New York. But they have a the, salary cap, and it it helps the teams in terms of their spending. But, like, like, there's, there's still the. There, there are guardrails to protect these other the leagues. Tax that if you go over that certain mark, you're paying that money back out to everybody. Yeah, and there's there's guardrails in these other leagues that protect them that baseball doesn't have. Baseball is really reliant on these media contracts right now, and I think I think dangerously so. I, I think these regional I, sports I networks are going to be a big re- problem. Being a regional sport, which they are. I, I, that's and that's a problem. That's not a the Dodgers Good way have to survive. Added the regionalness of their sport with getting a, a player that is a world like has a world tie in, and they can. Well, sell that's great. Then they can play in a new league. In twenty five years, they can play in a new league that is going to be a world league because well, yeah, some of these teams won't exist. Done. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think. I don't think multiple teams. I don't. How many teams are there right now in baseball? Thirty. I don't think they'll be. 25 teams existing in baseball in 10 years. I think, I think the number will go up before it'll go down. Uh, maybe, uh, but I think that's going to be involving like changing away. They have their media rights. The next major media rights deal for major league baseball is going to be different than this one in a way that is not going to be beneficial to the Yankees or the Dodgers in terms of how they structure, how everybody else's media rights get distributed. So as we're talking, like I did look up, like Judge played 148 games, 157 games, 155 games in some different seasons here. Like he has an eight-year career. Um, I guess 2020. I don't. I don't know what. How many games did people play in 2020? <laughs> like, oh, let's like let's okay. rule that one out because I don't know what that right number is. Well, they like, played, played sixty something games. Year, twice, yeah, it was sixty something games. He's... He played in half. Um. All right. Let's see. So, like, I just like I just think it's bold to assume like every year he's going to be hurt. Like when the last two previous seasons before this contract, he played 148 game and 157 games. Yeah, out of 162. Like 148. Out of I guess I'm looking at an eight year career, and four of those years, I'd say he missed a considerable chunk of games. So 155. So half his career, he's missed a considerable chunk of games. I mean, his, his rookie year, we're counting his rookie year when he came up, God knows when. In the I'm not season. counting that one. And 2020 year? 2018, 2018, he missed 50 games. That's considerable. He uh, 12th in MVP. 2019, he missed 60 games. The season before that. Like, shoot, he's finished in the top. 2020, he missed, 2020, he missed over years. half the games. In the same years he's been an all-star. And last year know. he missed I, let's start almost sixty him to games. The other guys that have six hundred million, like I just, I we keep having these contracts get bigger and bigger, and I keep not seeing these teams like failing financially. 
Yeah, but again, I, mean, we I, I think we're like relatively competitive. I know the Yankees didn't make the playoffs this year. Loved it. Loved that they didn't. But, make it. but, but for like, a sport, they weren't competitive. For like, a sport that relies on regional sports spot. networks more than any other sport, what's the answer going to be when those are gone? Their their regional sports networks are not going away. They Any absolutely will. Major League Baseball comes up is not going to get rid of the Yes Network anytime very soon. Now, maybe they say, hey, in this 10, 15 year window where this contract where he'll be off the field by then, maybe they're like molding towards that. But like they're not going to ruin the money. Make. They're not going to take the Scranton office. I mean, this is that's a good this is a decent comparison. They still kept the Scranton office and they still kept Michael Spot Scott in place because somehow it was working somehow in this regional sport. Uh, league in Major League Baseball, you have the Yankees who might be run by Michael Scott because they keep not winning world championships, but they, they're not going to mess with the meteorites there and the contracts that exist to keep that happen that are feeding those beasts because they're working too well. But they unlike, unlike the office, now Houston, Houston's a very winning team and they have a media absolute problem there and they have no network to keep them on. Like that's, that's the, bigger conundrum but they're not going to screw up la and new york to fix houston they're gonna it's not, but it's not just houston it's houston it's arizona it's texas it's pittsburgh okay. it's okay. cincinnati so it's cleveland jumped in there there's there's a lot of teams as effects you're talking about two teams that are working and 28 other teams that are going to have their house on fire you're not going to sit there and go sorry 28 other teams we got to keep doing it this way because these two you teams know, are working they're going to sell like the media rights to apple for 20 other for teams. For all 30 teams. Like, They're, Apple's not paying for everybody but the Yankees and the Dodgers. They don't need it. They're going to look at them and no, say, they, we're buying they, the whole thing. More money. They'll sell that. No, Yes Network will buy into that. Yeah, we'll go to Apple too. You're going to pay us more than you're paying for actually for probably all of those other 20 teams. Yeah, that's you're right. Apple's not just going to take on those 20 other teams, but Major League Baseball is going to say, if you want any of it, you're going to take these 20 and keep them going. Yeah. Yeah. But I think when that happens, then that is going to ch- bite into the Yes Network. The teams aren't going to exist anymore? It's going to bite into the yes, work, yes Network and the Dodgers, because right now, the, I've got news for you. Those regional sports, sports is the only thing keeping cable alive. And the second that these leagues have to go to yeah. streaming, Cable's dead. And when Cable's dead, the Yes Network is dead. And the Dodgers Network is dead. And Masson is dead. And all these other regional networks are dead. And then you're going to the no, streaming they're, services. They're and yeah, you're right. The consumer... To streaming just the same. The consumer will like, be paying they're not, more. They're not baseball. They're not Major League Baseball. They're not running themselves like dinosaurs. They were... Yes Network was one of the earliest stations to have online paywall to stream their networks online. So even if you were like, when you buy the package, you're mad because you can't watch the Baltimore Orioles because they're your local network. Yes. Network was very early of you just pay us directly and you can watch us. You don't have to have cable. You can watch us. Yes. Network was one of the first ones to do that. Yeah. But I, I, where I don't think they're also getting a lot of money from cable. I think they get more money from cable than that. They do. They do currently with the, with the way the structure works. But they're prepared for the transition. I, I think when uh, better I, than what you're saying. But I think when Apple, let's say it's Apple for for the sake of argument, because they Apple already have Amazon. a streaming. I'll tell you, it's Apple or Amazon. That's <laughs> yeah, because they already the have a deal. It's be Apple or Amazon. Because they already have Google. a deal with Major League Baseball, is, so let's assume that's an inside yeah. track. Yeah, yeah. Let's say Great. Apple buys it. 
And then people are going to say, okay, I have an Apple Plus subscription. I can pay this to get not only the Yankees, but every other Major League Baseball team. Or I can keep paying my Apple subscription. And I can pay this Yes Network. I think I'll just pay the Apple subscription and a little bit whatever it ends up being to get Major League Baseball. So you're acting like Apple's going to own those and like each thing's going to get treated equally. It's not. The the bigger money ones with more eyeballs are going to have a bigger value within Apple and the and like the the cost of that is is going to be it's not going to be even. And so the money that comes out of Apple paying back baseball like okay, here's the money for the TV. Here we have more money's going to go to the Yankees than it's going to go to Houston. I don't it's not going to be like an equal share. I don't thing. think so. Because oh, I think yeah. I think those other markets are going to say over our dead bodies we're letting that happen. It becomes an owner vote. Yeah, that's not the Yankees and Dodgers don't get more votes. The Yankees and Dodgers don't get more votes. Cable, those companies get more money than. than yeah, cable, because like, that's like, how it works on cable through the regional sports networks. So if we are Apple's talking not about interested a, in showing baseball unless it has. Uh, like, if, but if, what if, I'm telling like you is, what I'm telling like, you oh, is, Leland, we're, we're having a d- misunderstanding here. What I'm telling you is when that agreement gets done, the other 20, 25 MLB owners aren't going to sit there and say, we want this split to where they're going to make more money than we do. They're not going to want that, but they're going to have to live. They're going to negotiate. Uh, they're going to have better. They're going to have more votes. They're going to have more votes. The Yankees and Dodgers, this isn't the electoral college. They don't get more votes. Just because they have more people in their market, they're going to get two votes. And you, uh, you add in you add in Boston I, or I Chicago that, or whoever, that, that's not enough votes to win. There are more small market teams than large market teams. Yeah. They they also know where their bread is buttered, man. They, they, they know what's bringing the money into this league. They know it's the Yankees. They know it's the Dodgers. Like, they're not going to run away from the money that they're bringing in. They want a little bit of that because that's more than what they can do on their own. Now, I think they want money. I think these are I think these are greedy people. I think they want money. I don't think they want to help the Yankees. I don't think they want to help the Dodgers. They'll get more. No, they're not going to help the Yankees. They're going to take what they can from the Yankees. They're going to allow the. They're going to say this gets split up. This gets split up thirty ways. Than not making any money over here, so I'll take it. And Yankees will still get more back out of it. But like, at least I'm making more money than I. I don't think so. I think they're going to say we. There are thirty equal shares here. And that's how that's going to get split up. I think that's how the yeah, next, that I think that's how the streaming that gets done. That conversation is already behind us, and it hasn't lasted long because then, then, then it won't happen. Then we can start knocking off teams, but like we're past that. Like okay, then the, then Major League Baseball will die in your in your vision because I don't think you're going to find twenty five. I don't think you're going to find twenty people to sit there and be like, yeah, we want to keep the uh, the deal in place where we get less money. Yeah. That's what we They'll still do. get less money. I don't care what happens. They're still going to get less money. There's never going to be an equal 30 share from, from regional sports related. It's not going to happen that way. But I, what I'm saying is this streaming thing isn't going to be regional sports. It's going to be a national, like all 30 teams are packaged in Apple. Yep. And, and the ones that were like the entity coming in from the Yankees and Dodgers are going to get, there's going to be more money there. I don't think so. I do. I don't think the Miami Marlins and the Yankees will benefit equally from the watching of their games. I don't think it's going to come down to ratings is what I'm telling you. 
it's all based on ratings because that's money and that's eyeballs and that's how the advertising gets decided. The advertising is going to be you're watching Major League Baseball on Apple Plus. Here's a commercial. And they know that more people are tuning in to watch the Yankees. <laughs> I don't I, I don't know, man. I don't I think I, the same ads are being shown on all the games is what I'm telling you. I don't think there's I don't think that's going to be a thing. I don't think you're going to see regional ads. Oh, yeah, I, I would imagine it would be. I don't think so. What, you just like it's only going to be national companies buying into it. Then, yeah, that's the weird. I'm not world. seeing a lot of local ads when I'm watching Hulu. Huh? I'm not seeing local ads when I watch Hulu. Yeah, that's different, man. Like that. That's yeah. It's two different things. But I mean, I have. I'm not seen, seeing local like, ads local when I watch ESPN Plus. Devices. Not seeing local ads when I watch ESPN Plus. Um, I think we're gonna, <laughs> like, I think we're gonna, maybe, I but the I, first companies that do it are going to be in New York and LA. <laughs> like maybe, but I don't think, I don't think that's how they're going to end up splitting this. I think that gets too hard for these streaming networks that don't share that data. I don't think you're going to be able to get that data. And I think they're going to have to split it evenly. And then at that point, does it make sense for the LA Dodgers and the New York Yankees to give out $800 million contracts? Probably not. Oh, we're going to see a billion-dollar contract here soon. Because here's the other thing. Oh, I, I don't wanted think so. to take us to go from $400 million to $800 million. I wanted yeah, to but in that Leland, again, time, we're going to see a billion-dollar Leland, you listen to a lot of the same podcasts I do on this topic. The media rights bubble is going to burst it's here burst soon. It's going to burst And when that point. bursts... going to sign a, million, a billion-dollar contract before then. <laughs> I don't think so. Not Major League Baseball. Because yeah, that's, that's who's going to get hit first. When this po- bubble bursts, burst. some boys is going to burst. I do. It's going to burst for Major League Baseball before anybody else, because the NBA and the NFL are increasing in popularity. Major League Baseball, while it did better this year than previous years, I wouldn't say is overall increasing. Yeah. The average baseball fan is getting older, not younger. I can't figure out a way where this contract's going to be bad for the Dodgers. I'd say if they don't win any World Series, I'd say it's a bad contract. I think if you're paying somebody $700 million, you better win three in that 10 years. There's nothing to make me think they won't. That would rule it. Like, oh, they will not win in the next 10 years. Like I wouldn't, there's nothing, uh, I'm, there's I nothing wouldn't, existing if here you're telling me, they actually did it in a way that helps them win more. Yeah. I, I wouldn't make that bet either. But what I'm saying is if they, if they win like one or two in 10 years, I think you can make a case that, Maybe that money could have been spent. Now, here's the problem with that deal in particular. It won't be during that 10-year window that it really hurts them. It'll be the next 10 right. years that it really hurts them because that's when they got to actually start paying that. Yeah, but that's when, you know, all the other teams are re- going out there, 700 million con- contracts. So, like, they don't feel about They don't set off. Or they'll sell the team and it'll be somebody else's problem. And the money uh, will be higher. Well, I was listening to – I was listening to um... – If the bubble doesn't burst, it'll be higher then. I was listening to David Sampson talk about this on Levitard, and he actually said, like, if the owners were to sell the team, that would come out of the sale price. So, like, oh, really? in, instead of getting $7 billion, they would get, like, $6.3 billion because they're like, well, we got to pay how much ever yeah. of this contract that we were on the hook for because you... That's still going to get covered. Yeah. I mean, that's... I mean, the, the it's still a billion... <laughs> 
<laughs> one extra billion is going to get thrown on there. And when you're selling teams, that's not, that's not nothing, but it's, it's there. And then yeah, first 700 million. And by that time, you know, he'll, he'll be four or five years into it if they did something like that. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's interesting. I will say the cool thing about this is like, how much did we just sit there and talk about baseball off the field stuff? And we haven't been doing, I mean, we've done it here and there, but like, this is a huge topic. I do think this is a shifting contract. I do think it, it causes these kind of discussions for good reason. I do think it highlights things that are uncertain in our minds or your mind, you know, stuff for us to argue about because it does start to present these questions that we hadn't thought about before. Yeah. And I, I, I can see this being a new fad of, Oh, we're just going to sign this player and defer all this money until later. I could see that being a thing that tries to catch on. But again, my concern would be maybe it doesn't hurt you in the short term in terms of your financials. But when you get to that back end, yeah. Once that media rights deal pops that we're talking about, if you got a bunch of deferred money there, then you start looking around going, uh oh. We're gonna have to start looking at some couch cushions. Like But like we used to think how crazy the Bobby Bonilla deal is. And like honestly, maybe when it first started, it's like, oh wow, that's an impact. But like at this point, it's just the joke. It's just like the July first joke every year of like, oh, it's time to pay Bobby Bonilla. But like that money's not holding the Mets back. Like the Mets, but it's a million dollars countless other problems that, you know, and that money's insignificant. Now I'm not saying this money will be insignificant, but it won't be as significant as we look at it now. I was going to say it's a million dollars. It's not like 600 or six, $68 million. When we first heard about it, we were like, Oh wow. You know, like he's most paid player on the team. Like, and that all changed. Yeah. But I mean, if he's making $68 million each year, he's not on the team for the first, for the 10 years he's not on the team. Awesome. He might be him. the highest. Good for this dude. He might be the Good highest paid agent. player. I want, I want his agent uh, negotiating my next uh, sign up with the company. <laughs> yeah. Now I will say, I will say in terms of, and this is why I don't think you're going to see other players agree to it in this <laughs> sense. The other thing that was, he can get that money off the field was bizarre. Right. Um, the other thing that was bizarre is he didn't get it in interest, like with interest. So, when the MLB Players Association does their calculation for that revenue tax you were talking about, that if you go over the or the luxury tax calculation, it comes out to like four hundred and seventy million. So like almost half of your deal is gone in inflation. Yeah. <laughs> in their calculation, which and he's on those California taxes. Which is also sad when you think about it because you're like, oh cool. So uh <laughs> that's how much seven hundred million dollars is gonna be worth in ten years. Oh my goodness. Uh yeah, but yeah, like, I don't know. In terms of on the field, I, I don't, I, the way that it's structured, it, it can't really hurt the Dodgers all that much. The one thing that I did take some solace in is watching ESPN put up all the graphics of all the people who are on the Dodgers and, oh, who's going to beat these guys? And it just feels like every time oh, they, do, they do, that, do that, yeah, every time they do that, yeah. that team never wins. And so I'm like, okay. That's because it's always the Yankees and they have one son. So long. Well, they did that with the Yankees too when they got Juan Soto and they're like, look at this outfield. And I was like, cool. Can't wait to watch them all get yeah. hurt. Oh, yeah. I even forgot about him <laughs> going over there. Yeah. I don't think it helps them. Like, it doesn't make me more op- optimistic. I guess pessimistic about the Yankees. No, I just like, it doesn't make me think that Yankees are going to win more now they have him. Makes me think less of him. I wish, I just, I didn't mind him in, in Washington and now I don't like him. 
That's what putting on pinstripes can do for me. Well, but they traded for him. Juan Soto, yeah. Juan Soto didn't pick him. The Padres traded him. Yeah, he's nodding his head. Yeah, you think he's upset? I don't think he's upset, but... Yeah, I don't like him. I'm done with him. Shoot him to the moon, box him under the bridge, whatever we gotta do. But you're seeing, like, the Padres, and, like, what they got was not really worth Juan Soto. So, that's another one that... Yeah, they're dumping Broke him. the bank to get him, and you're just like, how'd that go? Yeah, I, I don't, I wonder from a business sense, I wonder, I don't think it's, I don't think it's just, I don't know. I I, I want to look into that. Like I want to look into what San Diego was. And it's probably like before all the spending, maybe not right before Juan Soto. Cause that kind of came in the middle of it, but just like they were a low payroll, small market team. And then like, they really took their shots and they didn't get the winning done. They certainly didn't. I just wonder like value of franchise in comparison. Cause I think most franchises have risen in value because other teams selling can help your, your value. So like, I wonder in comparison to other teams, how that growth has been during this time. Like they, they did have more of a national spotlight on them than before. And I, I just, I just wonder what that value, how that value changed over these years. So on the business side, I wonder how that, that did for them. Yeah. Um, I, I would winning wasn't there. Winning no, wasn't winning there. wasn't there, and I I don't think you can make the case that that worked. Yeah. Um, on the field, it did not. It didn't, and if it if it didn't work financially, um, then I'd probably start rethinking some of the things I've said in the last twenty minutes. Yeah. Now I don't <laughs> think the Padres like it goes back to that thing. Like, are the do I think the San Diego Padres we're going to see them filing for you know bankruptcy? No. no. Like Major League Baseball won't allow that to happen. Um, but they don't want the TV networks covering them do that. So yeah, right. So it, I just think them specifically is one of them. I think in San Diego's TV, one of the one of the bad ones. Yeah, but I yeah. think I think what Major League Baseball has to be careful of in in their future is. Uh, allowing themselves to get in the situation of you're going to be in a situation where it's untenable, right? Like you're going to, you're going to get into a situation where you're going to, you're just not going to create an incentive for, for a growing fan base in multiple markets. And that is not going to help you in the long term. The, the thing that jumps to my mind is, if we're saying like okay, Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, Mets, Cubs, Braves, their Texas teams, maybe like the, maybe the Rangers, their TV network's fine and all that. Um, hell, they build a new stadium every fifteen years, so I don't. <laughs> 20 years. Yeah, I guess the Rangers have <laughs> Rangers are Fox Sports. They're not part of the Bowie. I think Rangers thing. are in better standing. The Houston TV station is a bigger problem, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, like you just look at certain markets and go, okay, these are the markets. St. Louis. <sighs> yeah, I, I guess they spend some money, but you look at them and you're where have they been the last few years? Not in the playoffs. So they're not successful. Um, 
I I don't know. I I, it, I that's too recent. See bias there. Like yeah, they've kind of dropped off. I I think they've had a lot of stuff not go the way they thought it was going to go. I think they're definitely efforting to win. They they spend money. They spend money in St. Louis. But my point is, if you, if you're saying Yankees, Red Sox, Cubs, Dodgers, these are the teams that more often than not will be our top four teams, Braves, whatever, you know, and you'll have maybe every once in a while you get a Tampa Bay Rays that gets in or a Texas Rangers gets in or whoever you run the risk of what the premier league's biggest problem is. And this year it's turning out to not be that way. It's a, it's more wide open of a race than normal where, I mean, they have what they call the big six. Very rarely is it not one of those six teams that wins the league. And I don't... Yeah, we don't want that. You don't want that here because you don't have the same structure that they have over there of all the in-season tournaments that you last week were over here making fun of. Major League League Baseball can't go to that. They don't have that. Um, So... And there's not some bigger tournament yeah. like Champions League. Yeah, they're taking care of that themselves. They they're killing the minor leagues on their own. Yeah, <laughs> so. and so like, and they also have bigger tournaments like Champions League, which has you know other leagues. The top four teams from England go play in that, and, and they don't have that. So it, if my team doesn't win the World Series, it's not like I can say, okay, well we finished in the top four. We're going to go play for the you know World Championship of Baseball or whatever. Like, nope, that's not a thing. So. Major League Baseball is going to get themselves into some trouble here if they keep just saying Yankees, Red Sox, Yankees, Red Sox, Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers. Like they're they're gonna get they're gonna get themselves into some trouble here. I think that's why you see the popularity of baseball going down. It's why you see the popularity of the NBA going up. It's why you see the popularity of the NFL, which is no matter what market you live in, you can watch your game on network TV. Yeah, I, I, compared to the NFL, I mean that's 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 why I shot towards the NBA first because compared to the NFL, anybody compared to the NFL is it, it's useless. They're a mile ahead of everybody. The most one hundred watched TV events are NFL, and then drop way down to anything else. I yeah, I I think baseball in a way. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I felt like I was coming upon a grand statement. I don't know. We'll see. I like, I think the only thing really I want to beat back at you the most about there is like teams dropping off. Like it just seems like we're so far away from like some kind of catastrophic failure that where teams are dropping off. Like, I just don't, I don't see that we're on the cusp of that. Maybe this is some kind of indi- early indicator of that. I'm just not seeing that. It just, it's, my my I thing feel like is the where will get bigger before it gets smaller. Where they will die is if they don't come up with a plan to deal with the regional sports network problem until yeah. it's too but late. Like, but like I don't, I'm not gonna just spit in the face of baseball saying you're ridiculous for not, you know, for this problem existing. Like the idea. Of I don't think it's Major League Baseball's problem. No, I don't think it's their cause. Yeah, I don't think it's Major League Baseball's cause, but I think Major League like Baseball needs to look at this. Involved. Yeah. The like, writing is on the wall like, now. And if they wait around it is. and it 
they they let themselves get in a worse situation because they just want to kick the can down the road, then it is their fault. Because it's painfully yeah. obvious right now. Bally Sports going is. under I... is a warning sign, not just to Major League Baseball, but but what have you seen the NHL already do? Yes, there are still the regional networks. They've signed a deal with ESPN+. Plus. They're like, hey, get any game you want on ESPN+, Plus, brother. So they've they've already got the contingency plan when the when Bally Sports or whoever goes under. Like, not a problem for the NHL. We got plan B in. Yeah, so it was a lot easier to move that money around. I mean, like that, like there's a big gap between what baseball has been and what NHL is doing. Yeah, you want to make sure you don't wind up where the NHL is, uh, Major League Baseball. And but they know that. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I if this is the first tea leaf, then good call. But I just think there's a lot to go on before before the, before deeming it done. Like it's let's no doubt we're headed towards teams not existing anymore. Like I just I I don't know. I think it's a dangerous. I think in the next game. five years, we'll see additional baseball teams. There's talk of expansion. I think that's a bad idea for multiple reasons. Yeah, I don't know if I'm rooting for it. I, I, I think, I'd like it. To, I'd like the leagues to get even back up again. I'd like that. Yeah, if they expand, I think the American League and National League goes away. I I don't think that survives expansion because I think at that point, then Major League Baseball looks at, okay, do we adopt a a model that the NHL and NBA have where it's based on geography? And maybe we need to do that. And I know as soon as I say this, as soon as I say this, I sound as old as I feel like I am. Uh, I I do miss like that the ALNL were things like I didn't mind interleague play. I liked I liked when it was like those couple weeks in June and those couple weeks in August. I I liked that, but I liked I I didn't mind when it was kind of like two different things. Um, because like now with the continual interleague play all year, you don't have that, and so like I I, I do kind of miss that. But I know that makes me sound old and crusty, and it's better for baseball. I get it. It's better for baseball to have those stars coming through every town every year. I get it. And again, the other thing with that is then you can create more regional rivalries. It becomes, you know, O's Nationals becomes a bigger rivalry. Um, Mets Yankees can become a bigger rivalry. Uh, Dodgers Angels. It just felt like it was more special back then. I guess that's why, like, it seemed like it was still a rivalry. It was just even more special and like more, more um, must see kind of a situation and pay attention to and take in, you know, like yeah. even if I didn't watch the game, I want to see what happened, you know, like that three game series really meant something. I don't know. But now, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of problems for baseball. Like Seattle a, going through Miami every year doesn't have as much spark. Right. And I think that's another reason to adopt a more geographic yeah. uh, realignment of of the leagues is to look at do it, it seems like it on you say you say the AL and L go away like if they got to 32 and then you can still have it even like the 16 and 16 and then I think you could also go back to like getting that the schedule a little bit more the way I like it I that would be kind of a meet in the middle but here's another me. thing right like even if you have 16 and 16 then you're going to have to change the divisions so at that point, yeah, yeah, you're already yeah. getting rid of the historical divisions. Like <laughs> yeah, you're already getting rid of getting rid of the divisions and some rivalries. So why not just go ahead and 
really no, ripped the band The fair off. thing to that, the thing I would be quick to point out if I was mentioning baseball when you go to do that is, hey, we did this in, what was it, 92 or whatever. Like, they shook it all up and got it close to what we have now. And baseball only got bigger right after all that. You know, like in the late 90s, after, soon after that. I know the strike had its own impact and yeah. can't count that. But, like, after that, baseball got huge and the divisions made sense and everything was working. I, I just wish they, they wouldn't have conceded and um, made the recent changes with flopping the teams over that they did. And that caused this, caused the change. I wish they, I wish we could have not done that. I wish, I wish it could have stayed a little different. I, I, think, I don't know how much that would help the overall thing. It would make me happier. And that's what I'm here for is making me happy. Yeah. I, I think it, when they do expand and I think, I think you're right. They're looking, that talk keeps getting brought up every year. And I think Nashville and Vegas, or I guess Oakland might move to Vegas, but like yeah. Nashville keeps getting brought. Portland comes out. Portland, um, Montreal, Charlotte, yeah. Nashville, uh, Oklahoma City. You seems know, like Nashville's going to get one. Yeah, um, Nashville seems pretty popular on places that gets yeah. mentioned, and with Oakland I'm going to Vegas, that. I think then it just becomes a question of: Do you put the team in Montreal? Do you put a team out west somewhere? in Portland or something like that. I don't think Oakland gets a team, um, which sucks for Oakland. Um, but yeah, San Antonio is yeah, another, does, but like you've San had Antonio gets brought up. <laughs> yeah. San Antonio gets brought up. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel bad for Oakland. Like I do like they, it was the eighties and like they were on top of the world and Oakland coming through there every so often, or the Raiders coming through there every so often, but the athletics were good back then. Like, they had a team for a good long while and they've had times of competitiveness and it's just still like, you're not having the crowd there. It's not having the pool. Like I wouldn't be quick to shoving a team back in there. No. And it's, it's honestly a city that has seen every professional sport leave it now because the and, warriors and, went across the bay to San Francisco. Yeah, At least they're close. Yeah. Um, you've, you've seen the Raiders go to Vegas. Now you're seeing the A's go to Vegas. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I don't think that that's going to be a big selling point. I don't think you're going to see a league like baseball or any other league, frankly, be like, you know what? We want to open shop there. We want to invest in Oakland. Yeah. Yeah. When they were there, they didn't want to invest in Oakland. I don't know why they would now. That reminds me, uh, just this week in DC, the basketball team and the hockey teams announced, uh, that's Ted Leonis. Ted Leonsis. He's moving the team right across the river, mm-hmm. a lot closer than Golden State Warriors moved out of Oakland. Right. <laughs> right across the river. And they're not going to be playing in downtown D.C. anymore in, in years to come. Uh, in a couple of years, they have to build this whole thing. And they're moving to Virginia, um, right outside the airport there. Um, big economic boom for Virginia government to beat their chest about. Um I, I think it's one thing I think is weird with this. I get it. And like, it just makes so much sense. Like where that arena is downtown for those teams to be playing there. So like, I, I'm not saying it doesn't make any sense for people being upset, but it's like a Tony Kornheiser who is quick to be a crybaby on something like this. You know, it's like, he's like, I would lock the doors now until they can play somewhere else until they have their new stadiums built. And this is going to ruin everything. Like they're not that far away. Like you're like, the going to the game, I don't like. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like as big a deal as it's getting made in D.C., especially knowing their football team used to be inside D.C. and then moved away, and they were still selling out Landover for years and years and years until torrential 
crappiness had finally deteriorated that away and ownership being ugly. Like if they're winning, that place would still be pumping. Um, I don't know. It just surprises me some of the reactions I'm seeing out of DC about those two teams moving out right across the river, like right there. They're not moving. I mean, Landover's a lot worse. That was a lot worse of a move. And I guess they probably raised crap then. Like I, I, I was probably, I mean, I know I was alive and paying attention, but I probably paid a less, less attention to that kind of stuff then than what I'm seeing right now. I just, I'm surprised. Like when it's still that close, you're like, when you're going to be in that arena, you'll still be able to see DC. Like a lot of places, like Atlanta moved miles out of Atlanta, the Braves. Yeah. Moved up miles out of Atlanta. Like that happens all the time. Chicago's probably about to do that. I just, this doesn't seem like that drastic of a move. Yeah. The Cowboys don't play in Dallas. They play in Arlington, right. which is miles, yeah. miles away. Um, but they kind of never, I don't know when they ever did play in Dallas. No, they never, I don't think they ever have. <laughs> it, they were in Irving, which is even further from Dallas. Then they moved to Arlington, yeah. which is closer, but very much not Dallas. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I. I. I'm with you on a certain to a certain extent. I. I agree. Right. I. The team being in Northern Virginia is cool to me. Um. But. You see a lot of people from Maryland freaking out. You see a lot of people from D.C. freaking out. Uh, the people freaking out for D.C. I think it becomes a, if those teams leave that area, what does that do to those area businesses? Which I think is a very fair question. That are already struggling, apparently. That's what those last guests on uh, Tony I was listening to was already talking about since COVID. That area yeah. is actually, it had been built up so much from those teams being there in that arena. Well, it's been struggling for three years now, and this might just, like, I kill think, it, which is bad. That's Yeah, really bad. I, I think like, that's going to hurt. City, that's not a good situation. Yeah, I think the Chinatown area where where that is, that's going to be suffering. That's going to be bad news. Yeah. Um, I, That's the part where I, I feel for D.C., because that does suck for them. <sighs> Another, from the fan perspective, um, the people from Maryland who are like, oh, I'll never go to Virginia. I'm like, okay. You won't go. It's Whatever. miles, like just a couple miles. Like it's nothing. It's, and they're like, oh, it's an hour on the Metro. And I'm like, okay. I don't, so drive. I don't know. Like, how is that an hour on the metro? I've got, I've got news for you. I've got news for you. There is no metro to Landover, and there is no easy way to get in and out of Landover, Maryland. So the fact that people have been going to Commanders games forever over there, I'm sorry. There, if you if you wanted to go see the Wizards and the Caps, you can still go see the Wizards and the Caps on the metro. If you want to drive in, it'll be easier to drive in. Like I I, I just I. People who think Landover, Maryland is a good idea for, to host a professional sports franchise. I don't really care what your opinion is on where a team is located because you already come into it with a fool's opinion on it. I thought there was a Metro stop out there. I thought it was hard to get to. I thought it was like a decent walk from the stadium, but I did think there's a Metro. Well, but that's what I mean. In terms of like where this arena is, the Metro stop is there. It's going to be yeah, similar. It is, it is a Metro. So yeah. Like, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. No, you, technically there's a Metro stop in Landover, but then you're walking. I think it's more than a mile to get to the stadium from the Metro stop. You're not walking a mile to get there to the new arena gotcha. from the Metro stop. You're not walking. A, I mean, where this, where it is now is pretty similar in terms of location from a Metro stop. Um, But I, I just, so yeah, I, 
forgive me as a person who has been to FedEx Field. Forgive me if I don't think if I don't care what people in Maryland's opinion is when they hold up FedEx Field as this example of people will come to Maryland. That maybe, but they hate it, and it doesn't make it the right decision. At least you know, at least there are people. And also, spoiler alert, it's not a dry county like Landover, Maryland is in a dry county, which is infinitely stupid if you want to have a professional sports franchise in the 21st century, which is why I do think the commanders will not be in Landover, Maryland. I know that stadium deal is still up in the air, and who knows who gets it. I can promise you it won't be in Landover, Maryland. That is that is almost a guarantee. I, I would say this this should incentivize D.C., and if, you know, but here's the problem, right? You can't put the football stadium there. That's not an option because it's, I mean, the size is different. So it should incentivize I DC missed, to. I missed the last transition there. You said you can't put the football stadium also where they're putting the basketball stadium? Where it is now. Like where the, uh, I don't know what it is, the Vera- Capital One Arena or whatever it is now. Oh, no, 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 no. It can't the, go there. The JF, the RFK, honestly, and that's a point I wanted to make. I think this kind of move is only going to reinforce that, that they're that makes make it the DC site work. DC is going to have to make the football stadium work now. Yeah, I agree. And I and that makes me happy. Yeah. For not being a Commanders fan, I really, really, really want that. Like, I uh, in the sports business that side of things everything that's like my number one thing i want that to happen because it's it just it's too perfect it just be too cool but if it doesn't in a better world in a perfect world these teams wouldn't be moving right outside of dc but they're moving right outside of dc like it's not it's nothing it's like a 15 minute drive it says right now as a 10 o'clock so that's not a good thing there's no way it's an hour on the metro from from where the arena is now the metro stop that you get off now to go to the arena to there there's no way that's an hour I don't buy it. That's people who ride the Metro more than me have said that. Now I am also taking their word for it. I haven't tried it, but I know there's a line you have to get on and get off of if you're coming from a certain place. So maybe that, maybe they're factoring that. Like people don't complain about going to that airport. Yeah. I'm with you. I think, I think a lot of that is over-exaggerated from the fan perspective. Yeah. Uh, The economic perspective for those businesses in that area in particular in dc i understand being really upset i understand being devastated by that news and that announcement i I think there was a lot of posturing and people trying to keep their hopes up on that as well saying this isn't a done deal yet don't don't listen to this they're still negotiating and then ted leones is the next day um turns out the announcement is they're they're doing this. And so like, there's a lot of people upset about that. Now you have a lot of people coming out and saying why this is really a bad idea to do this. And I'm like, okay, like, I I don't know, man, there are more caps fans in Virginia than Maryland. So they put this, they put the stadium in Virginia. It's easier for them. Yeah. I just look at it. Even looking at the actual Metro map, like I've been on the Metro to go to, I've been, I've, I remember sitting on the Metro Pentagon, Pentagon city, crystal city. Like that's the, I mean, it's two spots past that is what we're talking about is this Braddock road and King street old town. So, yeah. I, mean, I, I hear you. There's two lines that run through here too. The blue line and yellow line both run right through here. Like seems accessible. I hear you. Um, and I think that, 
you know, the other thing here to, to keep in mind is that when you're looking at what this means in terms of other factors, right? Like, yes, the hockey and the basketball team moved there. Another thing I saw was, you know, does this help the push for Baltimore to get a hockey or an NBA team? And like you said, I, I think when you're talking about the the literal mileage, it's a minuscule amount. The the turn in terms of mileage that this move is, I don't see how that makes sense. I don't, and honestly, I don't see how Baltimore supports a proportion not their professional sports franchise. Yeah. It has the Ravens, it has the I, Orioles, and I think that's it. You saw what it I, was like to get this stadium lease done with John Angelos. I, I just I don't think the city of Baltimore wants to be going through this again with a professional sports yeah. franchise that's a basketball owner or a professional yeah. hockey franchise. I just don't think that's in. I don't think they have the guts to do it. I don't think they have the money to support it in terms of economics. I, honestly, I think if the city of Baltimore did that in terms of the amount of money they would have to give up, Baltimore becomes Oakland real quick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, any other sports business topics? Because we've been sports business heavy. We have, and for people who um, um, let's dabble, let's swing back local and build ourselves way back up in football. Um, obviously, local high school football stopped a week ago. We wrapped that up. You know, you saw the all state teams come out. We saw, I saw a really cool article from Chris Lassiter, which um, I, you know, I like that this wasn't a topic that I brought up because I think you'd have rolled your eyes at me. Mm-hmm. Um, but Still I think might. Chris Lasseter brings it up, makes it a little more solid. Talk about Ken Cook Ash being like one of the greatest, uh, local athletes, you know, one of, I mean, he's, he's quick not to say the, uh, but like part of the conversation and, and, you know, acknowledging recency bias and all that, but just saying like, look what this kid, uh, accomplished in his career with multiple state championships, multiple all state offensive players of the year. Um, you know, the projection of him playing D one, you know, you know, what, what's the list that this puts him with, you know, not trying to necessarily just rank everybody, but like the list he puts it on. And I think that's awesome. And I think that's a nice article. And Chris Lassiter's is really good at looking at the big picture always is. And uh, so if you haven't read that out of the news, Virginian, uh, go, go read it. And I'll try to um, post behind that behind our post of this on Twitter and Facebook, a link to that because it's worth reading. And, And, you know, you know, he didn't, he just, it's, it's great. Uh, great to highlight this kid. And, and I think, I think this is a, a reminder to people throw a little hate sometimes or, or shade towards riverheads of, Oh, well, we never can talk to their players. And that's robbing these kids of, you know, attention that they deserve. And there's only a limited time in your life that you can be in this position. This seems like a lot of attention right here. And it doesn't seem like anybody's ignored this kid for four years um, just because they haven't got his quotes from week to week throughout the season. So like, I just, I don't know when, if you're from another school or uh, looking at it from a different angle, maybe the media angle or anything too, like you could look at this and kind of use this. Hey, this kid's not suffering from not talking to a reporter after a week three game where they beat down Perry McClure. Like, I think, I think they're all right. So um, read that article. I, it says everything probably better and less biased than I would. Um, so uh, there's my recommendation on that. Yeah. I'm not going to draw you into a conversation, Joe, of talking about sports all the time. This is where I lose you quick when I start talking all the time because we're going to dive into names you've never heard before. Well, um, and the so names yeah, I have, the names I have are the names that, you know, I think of and I'm like, mm, 
don't know if he's that good. Um, and so it, it also becomes a thing of, and it's hard to do, right, when you're talking about greatest local athletes ever because it's a it's a debate where where I grew up when, when that comes up. Yeah, it's hard not to take into account the accomplishments post high post high school into that. Yeah, and, and so, so that's still ahead of him. And that's still ahead of Caden Cook Cash. And I'm not saying he can't have, you know, great success at the D1 level. But when you're thinking about it, you know, you look at, you know, frankly, I mean, you look at some of the guys that are in this uh, Valley podcast that, you know, the basketball athletes they talk about. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Those are the first ones that come to mind. And I'm like, man, I don't know if he's that good. Like, um. But I think just to have a high school career that has the motivation to write an article like that says a lot. Sure. And so, and I think that's great. And I think, I think you could very easily call him. I think you could put him easily on the, you know, quote unquote Mount Rushmore of Riverheads athletes. I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's an accomplishment in itself. I, you know, when you get into Stanton, Waynesboro, Augusta County, I don't know if he makes that Mount Rushmore. He's probably in the conversation. Um, but yeah, when you start making a Mount Rushmore for a, an area that represented by seven schools, uh, it yeah, gets hard, and it, but like justifiably. And like, that's, a, that's also praising the people that have come before him very high too. I mean, we've had a lot of guys that have gone and played high level of major leagues, uh, major league baseball and, you know, st- stuff like that. So yeah, I, it's just cool cool for the cool for the community to kind of have another name to talk about in that caliber. And also I, I don't mind, and I don't mind there being an opportunity to talk about some of those old guys. Cause I feel like every time when I read about these, these kind of article or something like this, I talk about, I learned something and, and I've lived here my whole life and I still learn something about these old, old guys. And, you know, that I always think about Kevin Madden. I, in my mind, just yeah. when I came up, Kevin Madden's the name because like he, was just his his rise was right before my first time so i just always heard about that but like going to unc and and all that it just like his projection was crazy high and so that's who i always compared to and uh for something like that and, and then stuff doesn't pan out you know and everybody thought kevin madden's gonna be you know an nba monster and and reasons didn't work that way so um but then but you have del curry right guys. who was an nba player Oh yeah, he was great. And you know, like that's the thing. It's tough. I football players. Yeah, he's probably got a case there. Like, yeah, I think out of football players, if you're leaving it to football, like I'm not making a terribly long list with health. Just making right. sure his name's getting mentioned. Right. Um. So, and I think that's, that's completely that's valid. fair. And it's not like this area has produced like a bunch of NFL player. Kind no, of it's, guys. it's so, definitely more of a basketball area or, you yeah. know, some baseball, baseball, um, some baseball. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're definitely looking at those two sports primarily ahead of football. Um, but, but also just what he has done just in high school, you can put that resume up. Oh, with, sure. With a lot of people. So and that's fair. And that's where he's at now. So I think that's where it makes it completely valid. So again, read that article for other people, uh, listening to me and Joe go back and forth. Um, but, oh uh, yeah, read everything Chris puts out. That's, that's my recommendation. Right. Um, so building our way up to college, uh, we've had some bowl games. 
And I know I think I was on top of the standings. I don't think today hurt me. Um, but the Bowl One, Capital One Bowl Mania on ESPN. Hopefully, uh, if you're in the group, you're listening to us this week. And uh, we'll see where the standings are for the group right here as I'm pulling it up as I'm talking. Pretty sure I'm still in first place myself. But I want to talk about who else is also out there. In our group of 10, we didn't have as much entries this week, but Greg Medea, he's uh, in second place at 116. And then Will Cash, me and him had a debate on uh, text messaging or or direct messaging about this. Uh, So I'm eager to beat Will Cash specifically. I hope he's listening to me say that. Uh, And Jeff Wright is up there. So that's kind of the top three behind what I'm doing. Joe, you're at sixth place right now. Um, But Still, I can't even, uh, you know, no I can't even blame or absolutely destroyed. So, yeah, I can't even blame the confidence points because I've gotten. I'd be yeah, last if it was the record, yeah. too. So, yeah. Jeff Wright has the best record at seven one, but uh, he has he's behind on the points, but his points possible looks to be up there with anybody, him and Patrick. And uh, yeah, team wash there have the highest points possible. So, I mean, anybody can win from here. Um, I was mad at uh, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. That's who I was mad about on Agreed. Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they choked. Um, they blew it. They had a big lead. They choked. Uh, allowed Jacksonville State to come back and win that game in overtime. Speaking of choke, that happens in these bowl games a lot. It wasn't as big as ODU. ODU was up twenty eight points and choked. I mean, honestly, get rid of your football program. What are you doing? Like, if you're up twenty eight points in a bowl game and lose, just do everyone a favor and fold your football program. That's inexcusable. <laughs> I, it would get us out of a couple trips down there, so I'll take that. But the Ohio Bobcats came. And, I mean, there's an offensive explosion. Everybody left from their offense, and all they did was score more points than they've scored all year. Like, it was insane. <laughs> I was like, oh, we should have been playing these guys before. These guys are killing it. Um the defense was pretty solid for them. They forced five turnovers against Georgia Southern and end up winning the game there uh, fairly comfortably. Uh, and that was awesome for them. Um, I think it's five straight seasons uh, where they've ended with five straight games, uh, bowl games that they've won uh, for the program. It's back-to-back 10-win seasons for the first time in their program history. App State did well for the Sun Belt. They came out and won a, a sloppy game against Miami yeah. of Ohio. And I was also told, though, from a Conference USA fan, Will Cash, uh, that New Mexico State was just better than every Sun Belt team, and New Mexico State could beat every team in the Sun Belt. Well, they can't beat Fresno State, not even close. 37-10 was that game. So I don't, Dude, I don't know if we proved New Mexico there. State, not good. I Jeez, yeah. what a take. by. And Will. I watched them battle Liberty in a Conference USA championship game where – Liberty got a score up and was able to maintain and then get another score. But, like, especially early, New Mexico State was battling, right? Tight. Let's be honest. New Mexico State isn't good. It's okay to say that. They're not good. Will Cash needs to hear this. It's okay. They're not good. Conference USA is not good. It's okay to say that. It isn't. Sunbelt's better. I think the Sunbelt is better. Now, the Sunbelt in their bowl games haven't really – done much to help me there. In fact, I think they lost to a Conference USA team in Western Kentucky. But um, I did have Western Kentucky in that game. So. I had ODU. I, I felt good when they were up 28. And then I only had 13 points on it, so I wasn't I was never feeling good about that game. And then ODU decided to be ODU. Um, UCLA beats Boise State 
uh, and Texas Tech beats Cal. Um, but I I thought, speaking of that Boise State-UCLA game, I didn't more interesting than the game itself was Chip Kelly after the game. He, he, he spoke some, some real, didn't he? He did. I don't think he's wrong, though. Like, I, well, That's okay. Kind of what, what he's saying? not right about everything. Yeah, he's not right about that. everything. But in terms of college football needs to be different than everything else. Break it away. I, I do. And he's like, why can't we be independent? Why can't we just have everybody be independent? And you break it into divisions. And... You say, this is the East Division, this is the West Division, this is the South Division, this is the North Division, or whatever you want to call it. And then you just have those teams play each other. And then you have a playoff, and then you you settle it on the field. I, I like it. I'm, I'm down. And you know Fox and uh, CBS and obviously ESPN would sign up for all sorts of that. And it'd be fine. And then you could maybe get the Pac-10 back and have the softball teams and volleyball teams playing each other again and get it back to making sense for the other sports instead of just football deciding everything for everybody. You know what? We don't need, like, I love football. I love watching it. I love taking it in. In no way do I think what's best for football should decide everything across the university. I agree. I agree. I thought that was the best part of his argument. Um, But they they won't do that because. No, they won't because they're stupid. Yeah. Um, They're going to break everything apart. (laughs) That'll still take all the sports with them. Yeah. Um, um, so Tech playing this week. Uh, Tulane's going to be without their quarterback. Like I was predicting last week. I didn't know I was predicting that as much because it didn't come official until this week. Um, but Tech is playing without a couple DBs and stuff. So I, I still have optimism. I'd love to have the winning record this year and be the step in the right direction. I'll tell you what, for Virginia Tech, as much as the bowl game is fun to look forward to on Wednesday, the 27th, between the holidays here, 2 p.m. on ESPN on that Wednesday, um, the recruiting right now has been, especially today, uh, we're recording on Monday, Tech brought in all kinds of transfers um, and some, like, highly touted guys and all ACC linemen uh, out of Duke, a defensive lineman. Um, It's just they did really well. I'm not saying all these picks are perfect. All these, all these guys that are textbook through the door is perfect. And this just means we're going to be awesome next year. It's a good sign though. Cause I feel like through Fuente in the beginning of this transfer portal heating up every year, the transfer portal felt negative. This doesn't feel negative to me. And the, what we're losing in the transfer portal has not seemed significant in comparison to what we're bringing in. I think it's felt very positive what we're bringing in. And then the guys choosing to stay and not enter the transfer portal uh, has been big too. And a lot of those names just hearing them that they're coming back. I don't really love this cycle that we're getting announcements of who's actually going to play for us next year. That was on our team this year. I think it's weird. It's not what I'm used to, but everything's been positive here in December with player movement. I mean, a couple guys I would rather not lose than we, but like overall the gains have been so much more. And so uh, I think one of note, that was a person I talked about specifically who's transferring out is the McLean kid out of Lord Botetop, the lineman that came in there at the same time as um, uh, I'm just blanking on the other kid's name that is still there. Uh, Gunner. Um, oh, the Gunner kid. Yeah. Gunner. That was the highly talented guy out of Lord Botetop. He signed with tech. And then like that afternoon, the lineman from there, Hunter McLean came to Hunter McLean's going back out. We'll see where he winds up, but still very good football player. Uh, but tech's kind of shifting and making some room for people. And I'm sure having real conversations about, 
you know, future of playing time and stuff. So I think that's probably maybe not specifically with that kid. I don't know what happened there, but I think that stuff's happening. Um, but yeah, so I think that's interesting. And a lot of this gets sorted out right now. So tomorrow and Wednesday or tomorrow, and then going into Wednesday with the high school signing, they know the spots that they need filled and where they can go out and offer a couple you know, guys, they've already been talking to. It's not going to be surprises, but like additional scholarships for people where they need to fill some holes from high school players. So uh, a lot happened in this week with player movement. And I think my point to all this was Virginia Tech very positive with that uh, in these last two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I felt good about how the portal's gone for Tech so far. And, I, I you know, getting Tootin back was huge, I think, um, <laughs> because he's – He's such an offensive weapon, and, you know, I saw Andy Bitter tweeted about it no, today. No, no, no. Most importantly, both of us, we have our different ways of how we celebrate when he does something good. We have our phrases. Mm-hmm. You know, you go with the Egyptian pharaoh stuff. Mm-hmm. I go with, you know, good old country darn tootin' kind of phrases. Like, we all have our things. It's great. That's why it's great he's coming back. Okay. Um, I, I like the production. <laughs> I like the production. Um, but... Uh, I think Andy Bitter <laughs> tweeted about it today uh, is where I saw it that, you know, last year in the portal, Pry really focused on skill positions and, and all that. And this year and it's, got him. yeah, but this year, and you've seen that on the field and this year he knows yeah. we got to improve the interior lines on yeah. both sides of the ball and, and, and that kind of stuff. And you're seeing them attack that in the portal this year, which is good. And we're getting them. And we're getting them. And I, that makes me think yeah. that's what gives me hope that Brent Pry is the right call there. And that, He'll continue to build on this success. Look, with all those guys and, missing for Tulane, you'd like to get a win now. Because uh, yeah. I go from thinking, all right, we're going to get waxed to, all right, maybe they can actually win this game. Um, so No doubt I want to be competitive. Like, I'm not going to really come. I'm not going to. Because you don't know what the other guys look like. No. And I'm not going to turn this and, you know, Cole into a diamond if we get our beats button and be like, well, Tulane was this record. I'm not going to say that. Like, at this point, no one is – we got to be competitive in this mm-hmm. ballgame. If we lose, okay, I'm not going to like it, but okay. we we got to be competitive. we got to be in it in the fourth. Mm-hmm. I agree. I would agree with that. Um... But also, this success now is what I'm going to – this is the feeling I'm going to carry to next August when I'm like, we're making a bowl game this year. And, like, when you say, I don't uh, – yeah, this, this is what I'm pulling from. This will be, like – well, I haven't seen it before argument that you like to throw at me sometimes, which is pretty valid most of the time, uh, <laughs> a lot of times, but uh, not always. And, but we did a year ago, we did good in the transfer portal and then we saw it on the field and in those positions, we were better. And now this year we're doing this and those other guys, a lot of those other guys are coming back. So like it should add up to being at least as good as we are this year and, and expecting better is not crazy. So I expect better next year. I'll say that now and I'll say it next August. Um, but that's that's where we're at. I think you and I both were on this team needs to make a bowl this year, and that goal was accomplished. Yeah. So I, I don't know what that is. It got dicey there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're saying when I grumble about going to a bowl game and why a bowl game is important. I've always understood the importance of the bowl game. Like I, I think you misunderstood something I said there. Oh, okay. I don't. I I guess I was misunderstanding. I think you. I, I was saying sometimes you were like, well, I haven't seen this before. Why would you have like? Why would you have this hope? Uh, that's what I was saying, and like. I was kind of saying, like, sometimes you're right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think this year, I think this year in particular, it's nice to see them go to a bowl game and win or lose. Yeah. You, you want to build on this and then turn it into sure. next year, six and six isn't going to be good enough. Like next year, you need to be better than six and six. And um, because I look, getting to a bowl game this year was an accomplishment given what 
this program was when he walked in the door. But now you can't take a step back because if we're being right. honest, winning six games isn't that big of an ask in terms of where you want to be as a program. In college football, the only way taking any kind of step back is even starts to be acceptable is like when you've won 12 games, okay, you won 10 the next year, like you can comprehend that. Otherwise, when you win 10, you can't go back to eight. I'm not saying you can't go back to eight. Yeah, I'm not saying moving forward. Yeah, I'm not saying they need to win 10 games this year, but that needs to be the next. That's the next milestone is a 10 win season because that's what Virginia Tech used to do. Needs to kind of be in hand near Halloween. You know, like at Halloween, we need to be feeling really. Like, oh, yeah. Both. And again, the, the danger, that's the danger of accepting mediocrity, which a lot of people in Blacksburg did with the Fuente era was it was, you know, even in the Beamer era, a little bit toward the that's end, what I'm say. It, it was, it was, okay, we're in bowl games. We've got this amazing bowl streak. All right. We've got this amazing 10 win streak. Oh, we missed the 10 wins. Okay. But we still got this bowl streak going on. And then you bring in Fuente, and then you don't make the bowl game. And then and it, it goes back to what I said before that uh, to you, and I know you kind of agreed, but there were others who didn't. Like, what is Virginia Tech when you take away that bowl streak, the nation's longest active bowl streak? What is Virginia Tech football? What do you hang your hat on? Your ability to get smoked yeah. in BCS games, like I, no, that's not we a good lost thing. Our identity. Like We're building back a new identity. Yeah, and and now like that's where you're hoping to get back is now you're in the bowls, you're back in a bowl game that needs to be consistent, and it needs to then work its way to ten win seasons. And I'm not foolish enough to think we're gonna have some you know like six or seven straight ten win seasons or something like that. No, but yeah. you, no. you need to you need to be able to string a nice run together of 10 win seasons hopefully in the in the near future i don't think that's next year i don't even know if it's two years but in three or four years i'd, I'd say you're hoping that you win you get a 10 win season yeah and who knows what the conferences um, look like in three to four years so yeah with the way it sits now you know you kind of want to start you know we're, we're building towards the you know the 10 win seasons the really in the mix for the ACC championship game and like thinking we'll go into that game and actually win it. Not just like who, who do we get to get beat by a former Atlantic team this year? Like we need to go in there expecting to win like we used to. Um, all right. So JMU, they have their bowl game. That's sooner. That's this Saturday, three 30 ABC. They play air force, a lot of moving pieces uh, on the JMU team as well. I don't know what to expect in this bowl game. When it came out, I thought JMU can go win that thing. Um, I'm not ruling that out. I just am going to be interested. I, I guess I need to get a review myself who is actually going to be playing in that game. I think most of these guys are going to be playing in it. Um, but I think Surratt maybe is not. I'd have to look at that. I think he's one of the guys that's leaving. Um, two of them, are they like brothers? Aren't they both leaving or something? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, well, you know what? Now that I say that, they were on the depth chart for the for the game that got put yeah. out. So McLeod's on it. Um, I think a lot of the players are still going to be there, and I think I think the, the reason quarterback's the first thing I'm going to look at. Yeah, I think the <laughs> reason for that is, and it's different than a lot of other instances. Normally, when players enter the portal, they're gone. You're not going to see them in the bowl game. But this is yeah. the first bowl game in JMU history. I think that matters to these kids. I think it it matters to the school. It matters to the program. And you're not going to be quick to push them out the door on that. Um, 
Plus, plus the re, like one of the people that brought them here, the head coach that came to play, he's gone. And that's he is gone. not necessarily the case in a lot of schools. Their players are entering the portal to go somewhere else. They're more looking at playing time and this and that. And not that might not be a factor for some mm-hmm. of these JV players, but the guy that brought him there is gone. So, like, you feel a little more okay with the idea of, all right, they're moving on to, and that there's some sense to that. But they're going to finish this thing out and then go. And that's fine. I don't mind that at all. Like, if they want to be in this bowl game, I think if you're Jamie, you, you kind of need to give them that. Because yeah. they went through a lot. They went through a lot yeah. this season. There was a lot of off-the-field stuff. Yeah. Not necessarily caused by them. And I think you need to, to let them, if they want to finish this, you need to let them be able to finish this. Um, yeah. And then if they transfer out, they transfer out. And that's show business. I've come around. I, I think initially I didn't like, <laughs> why are you playing? Like that doesn't make sense. But like I've, I have come around on it. Yeah, I think it's fine. Um, and, and, you know, we'll see how the interim does um, in the, in this bowl game. And then, you know, the new coach comes in and who knows who survives and who doesn't on that staff. I, I think um, there was one, the big JMU news today outside of the depth chart being released was – and who's in and who's out for that bowl game was that their top recruit uh, flipped to Indiana, which is not a huge surprise to see him flip to Indiana. Um, But that was disappointing for a lot of JMU fans. And I get that disappointment. They were were probably hoping they could hold on to him. It would have been the highest recruit in the school's history. And that sucks to lose him. But um, I do think that, again, I, I do think this new coach is, going to do well and i think he's going to be able to recruit well and i think he's going to hit the portal hard and i think you're going to get some other guys to come in here um and yeah i i just think i don't know i I don't look at um losing that kid as like oh well now we're done like and this is next season's already grumble grumble um I, i think there are very realistic goals for jmu in terms of next season i mean they've got a you know, that schedule, I haven't, I don't remember who the non-conference game is, but um, I want to say it was Louisville or NC State. Um, Louisville sounds right. Louisville does sound right, doesn't it? Um, that would be a game that worries me, but let's say Louisville's the only game you lose. If you can run the table in the Sun Belt and right, win the rest of the UNC. Oh, it's UNC? Okay. Well, I mean, Drake May's not there, so who knows? Um, they play Charlotte, Gardner-Webb, UNC, Ball State, and then Sunbelt. Oh, boy. You got to like that schedule then. Yep. I mean, I don't know. Who knows with UNC, man? Drake May's not there. Who knows? Could be fun. Um, Mac Brown, you know, he's old. I don't know. Hey, you want to make a splash as a new head coach? Woo! Go to Chapel Hill. Go out and beat Mac Brown. That would be fun. But to that point, like Sunbelt Championship is now a realistic goal for JMU, in my opinion. Because they get to play in it. Because they get to play (laughs) in it. Yeah. Um, And and with, you know, as of now, it's still the top six conference champions in next year's college football playoff. I think that's a realistic goal, especially if you go out and beat UNC early. Um, If not, it might get. Oh yeah, go a little UNC hairy. and then cheer for UNC the rest of the year. Cheer for UNC the rest <laughs> of the year, but also don't lose. Don't oh, yeah. lose. Oh well, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I've got, I haven't seen Liberty's schedule for next year, but 
if it's anything like their schedule for this year, even if North Carolina sucks, if you beat them, that's going to be better than any win Liberty has. So you just keep trucking. Um, for some reason, I want to say Tech's back on the schedule. I'm okay with that. <laughs> We're not. We're not on there. Okay. Do they have anybody on the so, schedule? So I will rest a little easier. <laughs> Campbell, East Carolina, Appy State, and UMass. UMass. Okay, UMass. so one, you root for App State, and two. App State all the that, way. That's no power five. So if you go and beat and UNC. And you for Houston, Coach Houston. And if East you Carolina, go beat. You're for some familiar people. If you go beat UNC, that's automatically a better win than anybody on Liberty's schedule. So that's what you're going to hope yeah. for. Yeah. I've got news for Liberty fans. They might not like to hear this. When you don't play power any power fives, it doesn't really matter if you go undefeated. It doesn't. They played Bowling Green, Buffalo, FIU this year, and Sam Houston. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not. I don't think any of those are Conference USA. If I'm mistaken, then I apologize. I just don't know what the Conference USA is as well as I used to. So it, I it's think different. I think when Oregon gets a hold of them, they're going to learn a lesson. On just how big that gap is. I mean, and and like, okay, so I, and this is going back to me talking to Will Cash, and I just, and I, I think I said it on the podcast last week. I said how, you know, they're going to beat him so bad. A lot of teams in FBS, if they play Oregon, are going to get beat really bad. Like, it's not as, as big a, like, me saying Liberty's going to lose to Oregon by 40 isn't as big as a cut. Because if Virginia Tech played them, they'd lose by 50. Like, it, like I'm acknowledging. <laughs> not, but Liberty isn't better than a lot of those teams. Like, they're in that same mix. Yeah, they were undefeated, and that's why they get to go be in this game. So there's your success. It's going to end here on New Year's or whatever day they play. New Year's Day, they play. I mean, enjoy the fact that you're playing on a New Year's Bowl game. Like, that's crazy awesome. And I enjoy thought that, that. was, I thought that was fair, right? I think them being the top-ranked G5 team is fair fair because they're the only one that's undefeated the other ones have two losses now like i if i take my personal thoughts about that program out of it i agree i i will say this if tulane had beaten if tulane had beaten smu and tulane was ranked ahead of them they'd still be griping about it but that tulane being ranked ahead of them would be fair yeah the american is better than conference usa SMU has two losses. It's harder to justify two getting in over over none. But one over none with a tougher schedule and, you know, playing actual. We just saw it in the top four. You're going to see it there, too. Yeah, Yeah. playing actual actual teams in their non-conference schedule. One loss over none just happened at the top of this. So it can happen. Yeah, it can absolutely happen to you. Um, But I think that's what Liberty's going to run into. Like they're banking on these G five teams to all get two losses, which is a dangerous game to be playing in the future. If this top six conference champions holds because these power fives, 2025, they only got old dominion and UMass. So they still got some holes to fill there. 2026 ball state and UMass back again. Like they're these spots. You got, it looks two or three holes. Fill them with, fill them with some teams. You got to start filling with big boys. Virginia Tech, 2028. I, you already got 2028 already fold up. I mean, they got Tech, VMI, Bowling Green, and Coastal Carolina. I like the Sunbelt ads. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna knock Liberty for having Sunbelt teams on their schedule. That's 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 what you should have. That's good. 
but you got to have at least some G5s every year. 27, 20, 27, they also play tech. 27, 28, they both play. So. I will say this. I think if you're a G5 team, you schedule FCS teams at your own peril. Yeah, don't. I schedule. Get other, go get. I go, go make another. That you're better than the Sun yeah. Belt and the Mountain West or whatever those are. I, yeah, I go play those other G5 better. teams in home and homes rather than schedule an FCS team every year. Like, I don't. Absolutely. I don't think that's going to help you. Why? Why is people afraid to go on the road? Go on the road and beat somebody. That's how you like. That's a that, so honestly. Often, that's a big win. Honestly, I think that's a change I would like to see in college football. FBS teams should not be allowed to play FCS teams in the regular season. I like that. I think they should all. I don't think you should not have home and homes. I think everything should be home and homes. Oh, I I love home and homes more, and I know we talked about that at, at nauseum a couple weeks ago. Like I yeah, think no home neutrals. and homes over neutrals all the time. I, I hate neutrals. I, I love the home and homes. I think that's way better. It's way more exciting. We get these Chick-fil-A early season games and like you get Auburn and Alabama and they're playing ACC teams. How much better would it be for to see Auburn rolling into Chapel Hill or to see uh, any of the ACC teams rolling into Bama? Like it's going to be a bigger deal. Like oh, so much better. I know we already hit that hard. Um, all right. So before we get to the New Year's games, are there any bowl games that you're that kind of look interesting to you on the schedule? Like, I'm gonna make sure I watch that one. Okay, okay. outside of the the playoff before games. the first, before the uh, New Year Six and the games on the first. Uh huh. Um, one I have just marked out of interest because I think both teams. We're disappointing this year. I think one, obviously Texas A&M and Oklahoma state. I think I just want to see what happens there. I don't know if that's like oh. a must tune in at the same time, North Carolina and West Virginia. I'm probably going to like, I'll make sure I turn my TV on at five 30 on that. Uh, it's after text games. I'll probably keep the TV on and watch that one. Familiar schools. Yeah. Um, Mizzou, Ohio state. I'm kind of interested in. Although Ohio State's got a lot of players opting out, which will make that less interesting. Because um, I think Ohio State's not really that good. Um, there it is. Yeah. Well, it's a New Year's Six game, but yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. it's the Cotton Bowl. Um, <laughs> I think all the New Year's Six games, like, you can make an argument. I mean, I that Ole Miss-Penn State game, I just... As much as I say I don't need San Jose State, and this year was Boise State filling that hole, I don't really need to see Ole Miss play Penn State right now. Like they both suck. I don't. God, yeah, that's two teams that are way overrated. Yeah, that that's two teams, and honestly, this goes back to my point of the problem with the college football playoff and the committee. And I, I know Kirk Herbstreit and ESPN say, you know, we're not on the committee, we don't decide anything, but they play a role in how things get framed. And I think, yeah, it's either them being naive or them trying to downplay their influence on people's opinions on this stuff. Like the big 10 and sec have been billed as the only two uh, conferences of value. And I think you need to go no further than Ole Miss and Penn state to realize that that's not all that true. Yeah. Right. Uh, Clemson, Kentucky to see if Clemson is like turned it back on. Like if they got to hit that bottom and then they started winning games again, uh, they have to win against Kentucky to make me think 
they're playing ball. I hope I hope Oregon State beats Notre Dame in the Sun Bowl. Oh yeah, always that'd be cool. Is what's his face playing for them? I know he's transferring again. Is he still going to be there? Sam Hartman. You, you go on delay. No, for o- Oregon State. Oh, the old Clemson quarterback. Yeah, I don't know. He's he's. he's I did again. see. I did see he's transferring again. I don't know because he doesn't want to be in the pack two. I mean, come on. I saw other guys going there. I thought I was I was impressed with yet. I don't know. Maybe he'll go to JMU. Um, <laughs> I think he's going as a grad now. Yeah, I don't know. he'll probably end up going to USC or something. I don't know. <laughs> I want to see if he's playing in this bowl game. All right. So then, what's your thoughts on these New Year's Six games? Let's, like, I, I know we have, we're in a pick 'em situation. I'm not changing my picks. So, uh, if you want to talk freely about that. Yeah, I'm not changing my picks either. Oh, I'll, I'll, this is another game that I'm just because I'm a sicko. Um, Iowa, Tennessee in the Citrus Bowl. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's on New Year's Day. That's New Year's, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. New Year's Day. It's not one of the New Year's six, but it's New Year's Day. Yeah. Um, that. Oh, yeah. That is going to be ugly. I bet the under, like when the bowl games got announced, I bet the under. 36 and a half. <laughs> I was like, dude, this is child's play for Iowa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is... I was like. I don't think Tennessee can score 36. We'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Tennessee's going to score more than 17. That's going to be yeah, low scoring I think it's a 17-14 at max. Kind yeah, of that's going to yeah. be low scoring. Um, yeah. I, I don't even know if Tennessee runs. Tennessee's another That'd team. That, Tennessee's another That'd team. When you, look at, when you look at where they're ranked, you're like, wait a minute. Why are they ranked there? Again? Oh, yeah. Uh, Hugo Wendelay, he uh, he just visited Florida State. That's what I saw. Oh, that's probably good for him. I don't know. Tennessee has the further away from the light he got, the better he got. Tennessee has four losses and is ranked twenty-one. What? It's the SEC, man. It those losses mean more. <laughs> what? What? That team team's not very good. Um, All right. So New Year's Six game. You got Missouri and Ohio State. Uh, you're wanting Missouri to win. I forget about. I don't, I don't know. Let's talk about who we want to win. Yeah, I definitely want to see Missouri beat Ohio State. Absolutely. I'd like to see Missouri win. I'd like to see Oregon State win. Um, I'd like to see Arizona beat Oklahoma. Just for funsies. Arizona was a fun betting team this year. You know what would be fun is if Louisville just absolutely waxes USC. And yeah, I don't I think mean, Florida State's I mean, going to be able to do it. With, what's his fate? Caleb Williams ain't playing. Yeah, I don't think Florida State's going to be able to do it because they have a lot of people opting out for the draft. Um, yeah. unfortunately. I think on them. But if Florida state beats Georgia, Oh my goodness. I am. Look, part of me is here for, they're never going to do it. Cause there's way too much money at stake here. Part of me is here for Florida state acting like they're going to be in this game. And then day of just don't show up. <laughs> like, yeah. I would love to see how ESPN is going to spin that. <laughs> And what a way to get back at the people you're blaming for the situation you're in <laughs> to just not show up and be like, fill three hours, buttholes. <laughs> I will tell you, like, I think it probably sounds a little extreme. There's probably been conversations. Oh, I think there's actually been you conversations. You guys aren't going to do somewhere, right? <laughs> like, I think there's conversations. Now, I think there's millions and millions of dollars on the line for Florida State no, no, no. to I not think, do this. I think but... people are making sure you aren't going to do something great. Like, I think that's the conversation that's probably happening more. I think the players are going to play like the players that aren't often out. They're going to play and, and all that. And the coach, are gonna yeah. coach. 
but I think there's probably like TV and administration people talking with each other and administration people are kind of sticking their head in the locker room. Like you, you boys really are getting ready, right? Yep. Okay, good. <laughs> but I mean, look, trust me, part of me is tuning in on December the 30th at four o'clock just to see if that game's actually kicking off. I think yeah. it will. I think it will. I'm, I'm 90% sure. But man, it's if that's the world burn potential, here. if, if, oh, I'm telling you, I would be a Florida State fan if they did that. <laughs> Economically, I'm it's a 180 on Florida State. Oh, right yeah. Now. Economically, horrible decision <laughs> for Florida State. But in terms of just the, just the yeah. sheer stones, JMU fans will want to Florida State to do that because anything JMU did this season, oh, you know, yeah, will seem like nothing if Florida State. Yeah, Balls. if Florida State was just and could you have Paul Feinbaum's head would explode. <laughs> that would be worth it. Like just I I'd love it. And I'm I'm telling you right now ESPN can say, "Oh, we you know, we'll figure it out." They don't have a plan if that game doesn't kick off at 4. There's no nope. plan. Their their plan is going to be Yeah, they're not going to the bleep. Barstool network and saying, "Hey, we need to show your Wyoming game right here." <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna sit there and sit there and go. All right, I guess we're running a let's rerun the Miami Ohio State national championship game. Like <laughs> that was a game. <laughs> let's let's rerun an old Orange Bowl. Like that's yeah. that's got to be Plan B. I'd love it. Now, short of that, if Florida State wins that game, I'm here for Florida State claiming a national championship. I'm here for it. I'm not, but yeah. I just I, don't like the claim in international championships. All right, so what's going to yeah, happen? Yeah, but if they're not the going to let board? you play, might as well. Um, yeah, but then Liberty like would want to say something like that. Yeah, but then Florida State would be like, well, we're undefeated and we're better than you. We're higher ranked than you, so you don't get to be a national champion. No. I don't think these schools talk to each other when they start claiming national championships. Also, Liberty's not going to be undefeated. Focused on number one here. Liberty's not going to be undefeated. They're not going to be Oregon, yeah, so you don't have to worry about it. All right, so the final four, what you got? Gosh, honestly, and this goes into the the whole uh, – and, I look, I want to come out and say this right now. If Florida State was playing Michigan, I think Florida State could also beat Michigan. I don't think Michigan's very good. I think – well, I shouldn't say that because when I say that out loud, it it, it goes a different way. Michigan is good, but I don't think Michigan is that much better than Florida State. I think those top five, and honestly, if you want to throw Georgia in there, top six, I think those top six teams are probably all pretty evenly matched. And so I think if you played those six teams against each other any given week, they could probably beat each other. And I don't know what to make of this Alabama-Michigan game. I think... I think Michigan probably just grinds out a victory against Alabama and relies on their defense. I'm not going to be shocked if Alabama wins that game. Um, I can't believe I'm about to say this. I'm rooting for Michigan just because I don't like the SEC. No. I don't like Jim Harbaugh, but now I want him. I want him to destroy See, Alabama because I want the SEC. No. I want the SEC to get shamed. I want there to be some serious SEC shame. What I think is going to happen and what I'm kind of more okay with is the same. I think Alabama's going to win. And 
what did Alabama do wrong? They lost by two scores at home to Texas and they needed a Hail Mary to beat Auburn. No, 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 for that. But like, what did like, did they have stuff? Did they like face cheating uh, suspensions this year? Did they like Michigan twice this year had to be punished for some type of rule yeah. infringement? I'm rooting against Michigan because of that. No, see, so here's where we Alabama. differ. If Michigan wins, I just won't Michigan recognize it. I just won't recognize it. <laughs> And then the NCAA will tell me I'm not supposed to recognize it in like three years. And then Florida State's claim of a national championship really holds a lot of water. More relevant. Yeah. No, I got Alabama just because I think they're going to win. And I'm not, I wouldn't be shocked. I I really talked myself into hating Michigan three weeks ago. Like, I I don't like that they, there's so much smoke there. And and I'm not saying Bama's not as clean. I'm not saying that Saban is a snake, and I hate Alabama, and I hate. I just think they're going to win, and I I guess I have less of a problem with that. They didn't. Alabama didn't say, didn't hold these guns to these people's heads and say put us in the playoff. The playoff people seem pretty eager to get them in there. So like I'm not. These Michigan kids benefited from cheating, and so they should lose. And normally I'd agree with you, and I guess that's why I hate ESPN and the SEC for putting me in a situation where I have to root for a cheater. Yeah. I I'm, Look, I'm, if the SEC, it's not going to happen, but if the SEC were to go winless this bowl season... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That'd be nice, wouldn't it? I'm telling you, the asteroid can hit Earth. I will die a happy man. That That will be everything. So, in the other game, I got Texas. I got the Alabama-Texas rematch coming. I, I actually think that's probably pretty realistic. I And here's the thing. I think Texas wins the national championship. I think the fact that Texas isn't the – That's for a team that's never going to be good again, per Joe, two the, years ago. The, yeah, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes we say things. Um, <laughs> here's Texas playing in the Final Four. Here's Oklahoma over here right outside of uh, – No, Oklahoma sucks. Yeah, um, terrible. Oklahoma sucks. <laughs> Oklahoma won't win an SEC championship. I feel confident in saying that. Um, You're backing off Texas, though. Uh, we'll back off Texas a little bit. Um, <laughs> but I mean, Washington's been a fun story, but I just don't. Washington is going. a fun story, but I I do think Washington is capable of winning this game. What worries me I is don't think they get blown out. No, I think it's a very close game. What yeah. worries me is I think Texas's defense is a lot better than Washington's defense. And Texas's yeah. offense is nothing to sneeze at. And so, and honestly, I think when they get back in that rematch with Alabama, I think it's a matchup problem for Bama. If they, if that's who they play, if it's, if they play Michigan, I think it's a matchup problem for Michigan too, because Michigan relies on the running game with their offense. And wouldn't you know, Texas's defense is like the best run defense in the country. So yeah. I think they would stomp. I, I honestly think the championship could be more than a score either way. Um, because I think Texas would control Michigan and I think they would beat Bama again because I think right now we're looking at Bama going, Oh yeah, they fixed all their problems on the offensive line. And what I think it is, is they played a really weak sec in comparative years and we're just used to the sec being amazing. So we, we give them a lot of credit for beating a lot of teams that frankly just aren't that good. And I mean, let's, let's not forget as great as that Georgia win was for Alabama, they needed a fourth and 31 to beat a really bad Auburn team. Yeah. Yeah. They did. 
But we've seen that kind of scenario play out before, and then Alabama win the national championship. So, like, that's why I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of riding them right here. I don't, I, I will wait to hold my national championship pick until we have that game. I will say, I think this Washington Texas game, which my seating isn't bizarre to say, I think this Washington Texas game could be the closest game of compared to Alabama Michigan or any scenario we have in the in the final. I think this Texas Washington game could be. I think I think it's going to be a one score game. I really do. I think Alabama Michigan will be closer, um, but. I could honestly, I could see Texas running Washington. Uh, that's I really? could see it being close, and I could see Texas no, running Washington just because Washington just plays with everybody. That's what they've done all year. Yeah, but if right Penix, if Penix is under duress and Penix like has a bad game, that's it. I'd like him to have a good game. I, I'm, I'm I would too. I'd like to it to be two shine. good games. Well, yeah. uh, that's not true. I would like it to be a good semifinal and a good championship with Alabama getting embarrassed in the semifinal. And then <laughs> and then next year, we can all sit there and say, oh, an undefeated SEC team doesn't mean anything. They're weak. They suck. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, I have Bama picked, and I've said what I've said. I'm not going to cry if Michigan beats them. Like, <laughs> that'll be fine, too. Like, this is, this is the battle of evils there. But, that's the thing. It's um, a Bane game in the sense of I don't. I hate both of these teams, yeah. but it's also a thing of like, I will immediately start searching message boards of the team that loses just to enjoy their tears. Like, and I know a lot of people are saying, Joe, that's not a great way to start the new year. I beg to differ. I think that's the only way to start the new year. (laughs) All right. So yeah, we'll pick the national championship game. Once that game actually is lined up. Uh, I watched zero NFL yesterday. What uh, what biggest points did you get coming out of the NFL? I I got to watch very little of it. Um, I was watching VCU beat the previously undefeated oh, ODU right. Monarchs. Yeah, you were working. So that was cool. Um, Love it. As they continue their hot start. Uh, things I'm that I Dallas lost. Yeah, what was that? Love it. I, I don't know, man. NFL's nuts. Love it. Ravens looked good. That was good news on Sunday night. Um, I I don't think we have clinched the division yet. Um, no, because we're only we up two. We've clinched the playoff. We're, we've clinched the playoff spot. We're only up two games on Cleveland with three games to go. Um, so we're on the verge of clinching the division. Um, we're battling for the top seed, which feels like that could be in a good spot if the bills help us out by beating the dolphins. Um, but I just, man, when you look around the league and you see Chicago lose the way they did, um, did you see that play? Yeah. I mean, for the ball to be in the receiver's hands and he like kicks it up and then it got picked off, which wouldn't have really mattered, but it just kind of added insult to injury. I, I was actually in, uh, I had stopped at a restaurant in Richmond and sat at the bar to watch like the close, the witching hour and eat something. Um, and there were three other gentlemen at the bar while I was watching. And I was like, Oh my gosh, they're going to catch this. And he boots it up in the air. And the guy goes, how do you not catch that? And I was like, well, yeah. that's a future DC defender there. Like, <laughs> that's, that's crushing and of course 
the only thing that kept that guy from laughing too hard was he was a Falcons fan. And so for them to lose to the Carolina Panthers was a thing. Um, you could have gone to that game for 45 cents. Oh, there was nobody there. I was pouring rain. It was miserable weather day. Tickets, tickets on those like StubHub or Ticketmaster. I don't remember which one it was, but there were tickets for 45 cents. Wow. To an NFL game. Look, the weather was horrible, but 45 cents? <sighs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Um, 49ers are good. What have you been? Any, any uh, D block niceness? I think you had something ready for us. Oh, I did. I don't um, remind you, actually. No, never mind. What? I think he had something soccer crap to talk about. Oh, thank you. That's not what I was thinking of. So I'm glad you mentioned it because I would have forgotten again. Um, yeah, let me pull that up because Liverpool had a disappointing result this weekend with a draw against Manchester United. But uh, it's still an interesting run at the table. If you could keep an eye on that Monday night game for me while I do this, I would appreciate it. It is tight. Yeah, Seattle's got the ball trying to mm-hmm. do things. <laughs> um, um, my what's what dominate my life was what was dominate my life a week ago, and uh, it did dominate my life. So <laughs> we're past that. If anybody listens to the podcast, came out and watched uh, the Nutcracker, I appreciate you doing that and keep coming because it's uh, it's good every year. But uh, yeah, it was good. It was good to get through all that and the weather. You know, these last two Sundays pouring down rain. These happen to be the Sundays that I'm, you know, moving stuff in and out of a U-Haul and in or out of Stanton High School. I could use the next uh, time I do this not to be raining because it's pretty miserable. So, yeah, yeah, that's always fun. Um, well, getting ready to go into Christmas. Um, there's a few more matches to be played. Before then, uh, there's a match on Thursday. Looks like, man, looks like they have matches every day. That's kind of crazy. Uh-oh. From Thursday yeah, on, just scored a touchdown. Did they really? Yeah. <laughs> 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 you hate to see it. Twenty-nine uh, yard touchdown pass. You hate to see it. Um, can't you Drew tell? Lock just do a touchdown pass. Can't you tell how much it's tearing me up inside? Oh man. That's a real bummer. Um, (laughs) But anyway, as I was saying, uh, the other football across the pond, Arsenal, uh, almost halfway through the season, is in the lead by a point over Liverpool um, because Liverpool had a draw and Arsenal got a win. uh, They flipped in the table. Aston Villa is right there with Liverpool at 38 points in third. That's a team outside the top, the big six. Uh, that is up there. Chelsea, one of those big six teams, is free-falling in the mid-table. Um, Manchester City, big oil money, five points off the top. They're in fourth uh, with Tottenham Hotspur right behind them in fifth, just a point off. Uh, but uh, it's it's interesting to see uh, this season because it's been so very competitive in terms of Manchester City already has three losses and four draws, which is insane um, because normally if they have three losses, you're combining seasons. Um, But they already have three losses and four draws. Liverpool has five draws and a loss. 
Uh, Arsenal has a couple losses and three draws. So it's been really competitive uh, this season, which is more competitive than normal, uh, which is awesome. And it's great for the game. Uh, Manchester United's a rivalry with Liverpool and they managed to get a draw, uh, a scoreless draw, which was disappointing. Um, but uh, hoping Liverpool can uh, do do better and uh, kind of get back to uh, a solid performance in their next match, which is actually against Arsenal uh, at Anfield. So that's at 1230 on Saturday. I will probably be watching that. Um, that will wrap up right in time for me to get a couple things done before the JMU game um, later that day. So I'm I'm looking forward to Saturday. Liverpool, JMU, well, let's go. Yeah, we're looking forward to that JV Bowl game for sure. Uh, we're, you know. I'm telling you, to... one and two in the table, Leland, it's going to be massive. It's going to be massive. That game is probably going to be on NBC at 1230. Highly recommend it. Tune in. It's the two, top two teams in the Premier League. Oh, Arlo White's going to be doing the game. I mean, come on. Your, you your, yeah, your Arlo can watch Arlo White, his namesake. <laughs> I know how Watch much of a soccer fan. That night on some justified, call it good. Yeah. Um, Gosh. So yeah, it's fun designing. Like my wife doesn't design uh, life around sports very often. Uh, yeah. At times, though, like oh, she's down. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's nice for a football bowl game to be part of that. I asked her the other day. You know, after years and years and years of FCS playoffs and all this, I said, "Hey, the FCS finals are set. Uh, you know who's in it?" And she's like, "No." And I was like, "Exactly." exactly like as soon as you don't have to care about it you don't and no one does they might you know back in the day when that was the only game on in town on that saturday in january people will tune in it's football but now that the nfl's of it no one's gonna watch that game so it just doesn't matter it just still does not matter and the lead up to it doesn't matter no one cares about fcs i'm glad jamie's out of it and we're glad to have a bowl game to watch so uh, that Saturday, we have some stuff to juggle around, making sure in front of a TV at 3.30, we might be sliding in right before it, and we're going to definitely have to slide out right after it. Uh, but uh, we're going to watch it, so that's going to be fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. So so Christmas time and New Year's. Mm-hmm. Any uh, special good plans other than watching Muppet Christmas Carol with your Well, brother, that takes me Matt. to the other thing. That takes me to the other thing. Uh so, uh, you know, there's a lot of great songs in Muppet Christmas Carol. And I thought this year, in addition to just, you know, honest, obviously we reflect on how great it is every year. Um, and it's the best. We is a strong word. But yeah. We we appreciate it for being the best <laughs> version of a Christmas Carol every year, uh, as it is on this podcast. You know, Jim Henson did it better than Dickens himself. But. When you when you look at the number of songs, I, I counted really quickly like seven of the songs that are you know actual songs in there, um, and so I thought you know what better way this year to appreciate the Muppet Christmas Carol than to do a top five on the songs, and so what? Okay, okay. I thought you were getting ready to complain. Um, no, it's not, it's not, you know, five, six weeks of countdown of one particular artist or anything. So yeah, one episode's good. D- don't worry. I will bring this in the summer for, for the listeners <laughs> to the exports <laughs> podcast. Cause that 4d sports, I don't even know if that's 
I mean, I'm sure it's somewhere on the internet, but I don't, I wouldn't be able to tell you where to find it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But we'll do the Billy Joel rankings, the extensive, complete Billy Joel rankings. Um, No, we've already done that. You've done it here. No, we've only done the top 50 on here, I think. Yeah. So we'll do 100. We'll do 122. No, <laughs> no, we won't. Yeah, COVID, COVID's done. Haven't you heard, everybody? COVID's over. <laughs> that'll be what I. That'll be what I dedicate my D block to for how many ever for twelve weeks. Um. <laughs> but anyway, top five uh, songs from the Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, I think starting at number five, I think you got to go with. Uh, Ooh, now that I'm looking at it, I'm debating with myself. Eagles through an interception, the game's over. Mm. All right, number five, I'm going to put Thankful Heart. It's a song near the end of the movie uh, after Scrooge has seen the light. I'm putting that at number five. Very good song. Sure. Number four, I'm going to put... Bless Us All, which is the song that Tiny Tim sings with the family, with Kermit and Miss Piggy. Um, sorry, Bob Cratchit and Mrs. Cratchit. Um, around the Table, uh, After the Toast, which is a solid song. So that's going to go at number four. Number three. Question. Yep, go ahead. Question. With Yoda, we have Baby Yoda. In mm-hmm. Christmas Carol, like as, as Muppet fans, do you call it Kermit and Baby Kermit? His name is Robin. I like baby, baby Kermit better. That's fine. I mean, the difference is, like, from the beginning, when he would make appearances, they called him Robin versus, like... They didn't wait a whole season before he called him. Yeah, name. and they're yeah. like, actually, his name is... I'm like, shut up, Disney. We got this. Um, <laughs> We've yeah. already named him. We've already named him. You're mad that you blew it. <laughs> <laughs> That's on you. Um, number three... I'm going to put, you know what? This is where I'm going to put this one at number three. This is a bit of, you know, a a debate and maybe a a bit of an unpopular opinion. Who's debating? Maybe a bit of an unpopular opinion because a lot of people don't like this song. In fact, (laughs) Disney cut it out of the theatrical version. message boards debating this? Yeah, absolutely. There's a huge (laughs) message board debate. But Disney cut it out of, like, the VA of some versions of the film, and now it's back. And you can watch it on Disney+. Plus. It's the extended version that you need to select um, because it includes this song and isn't edited. But it's the song When Love Is Gone that Belle sings to Scrooge, which I think is an, an integral part of the story. It's why I enjoy it. My brother does not like it. My brother is a heathen. Um, and, you know, I, we deal with him. But to me, if you take that song out of the movie the whole Bell and Scrooge dynamic loses a lot of its emotion and a lot of the purpose. Because then it's just like, oh, okay, Bell's trying to rush so, Scrooge like, along. Like, and that would match like the original Charles Dickens version where they really did do that well. No, I don't think, because they didn't have this song in the Charles Dickens version <laughs> either. So I would think that's really, I would say that's where so, Charles failed. That and not having any Muppets. Like not having Gonzo, yeah. Yeah, he had zero Muppets. What a fool. Um, <laughs> but 
again, like that song is so crucial and there's a lot of emotion in it. And it's just like, oh, it, and it really like sets that tone. And you you that understand. Or, or Scar and Lion King song. Which oh, wow. Be prepared. Um, yeah. Damn. I know, man. I do love Be Prepared. I think Be Prepared might be better. But um, when the evil dude sets the tone, Joe Joe's down. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. Or, or no, are we on some kind of alternate? No, Scar, Scar is the bad guy out? there. Scar's the bad guy. <laughs> Scar mismanages that kingdom horribly. Like there's he's so the bad guy. Killing your brother is bad. Killing dozens of kids, acceptable in the right circumstance. Uh child soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> And it's justified. <laughs> <laughs> you completely said that. Oh, I mean, obviously, these two words will make it all all right. <laughs> Child soldiers. <laughs> if you're not familiar, I did send something to Leland about justifying everything Darth Vader did. And then it gets to the part at the end where he's like, yeah, he killed a bunch of kids. And he's like, oh, come on. <laughs> Which... Again, it's the joke I play with Leland on the the quote unquote dark side's actually the good guys in Star Wars. Um, but anyway, uh, number two, I'm going to put Scrooge, the song Scrooge. It's the one they sing like right when he makes his first appearance in the movie and he's walking down the street. Uh, that song's a banger. I mean, that song slaps. That's awesome. I love that song. It's so good. Love getting damp. Yeah, dude. I'm telling you, if that song played at the club, woo! <laughs> Great day in the morning with the Christmas spirit be flowing. <laughs> and number one, one more sleep till Christmas. Ah, oh, such a great song. It's why I love to watch that movie on Christmas Eve because then when that song comes on, it's like, oh, even better. I've got news for you, folks. I will be listening to the Muppets soundtrack. Muppet Christmas Carol soundtrack probably multiple times from this recording until Christmas. My jam soundtrack, and I don't even like honestly. We watch we watch Charlie Brown tonight, and it's it's fine. I'm not that into Charlie Brown, and I do feel like a mm. heathen when I say that because it's just like such a staple. I'm not against it. I'm not against it being watched. No, we you're don't feel it. like a heathen for saying that. You're right. It's overrated because like Lucy is terrible, uh-huh. and they and then then in the Thanksgiving one, multiple people are terrible. Like yeah. there's a lot of terribleness going on, and yeah, I just I'm not as huge on the actual cartoons. I'm not. I understand their importance in pop culture and as the world's gone on, but the music is awesome. The music for Charlie Brown is awesome, and I will listen to that CD like during Christmas time. That's like my my chill music. I put it on in the background while I'm working, and it, it's Christmassy. But also, like, the Christmas time is here song. No, the whole CD, the whole. I guess I'd have to. I guess I'd have to go and look. I'm not other than the Peanuts theme song and that song. I'm struggling to think of any. The Red Baron Christmas. 11 or 12 songs. I put it on. I love it. I just it's just the Red Baron Christmas. Is that what we're talking about? Say this again. What during Christmas? Red Baron Christmas song. No, not that Red Baron. I don't care about the Red Baron. That's not on this. But okay. it's Vince Garalji, and I can't even say his name right. But it's just like it's it's all good. It's all so good. not Frank Oz, not Statler and Waldorf. No, mm-hmm. I'm talking 
I'll just bring up the right word so I can. A secondary soundtrack to the Muppet Christmas. Girls, not a secondary, like the standard things. A Charlie Brown Christmas studio album by Vince Guaraldi Trio, and it's just. It just sounds. It sounds inferior. Eleven tracks of jazz. It's and it's good. It sounds inferior to the Muppet Christmas Carol soundtrack. Is what I'm hearing. I like this. I'm not gonna rank them. I like this. Hmm. I'm not saying you're wrong for liking it. I'm Minimal, just saying like singing on it. Like I think only like one track has anybody singing. No, that um, I'm out. The Christmas time is here. Is the song. Everything uh, else is just jazz. That song's annoying. If that's not the worst song on the soundtrack, then you're wrong. Okay, it it probably is because the rest is awesome. That's fine. Oh, I just bomb. What child is this? My oh, little drum. Gosh. Linus and Lucy. Christmas time is here with out seating. Christmas time is here with seating. Four minutes shorter. Skating. Hark the Herald agents sing. Christmas is coming for release, and then the Christmas song. All of it awesome. Yeah, I think the Muppet Christmas Carol soundtrack's better. You would think that. I would, and I'd be right. That's fine. We're allowed to have differing opinions. Only one of us is right, and that's okay. We know who it is. We don't have to say it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, again, like, I, I watch this movie every year. It's it's amazing. I, I'm sticking to it in bowl pickums. I'm good to go. Yeah, you're, you get more bowl games right, and I get the Muppets being better right. Mm-hmm. You like Muppets more, yes. I'm right about the Muppets. That's fine. You can be right about these college football games where I'm not as good at picking the players who are transferring out and getting the game right because of that. Like God, I don't know who's transferring. Who's you're better at figuring out who's who's staying and who's not and all that jazz, and I'm better at recognizing. I don't. I just asked you while we were talking today who the next thing. The Muppets. <laughs> the Muppets. Greatness in music and cinema. I mean, we haven't even talked sure. about Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah. You know what? That's, and I know I've said this before on the podcast too, but that's what Muppet Studios needs to go back into like literary classics and making Muppet versions of them. They must not think there's money in it. (sighs) Well, I think when you make decisions based solely on money, I think that's a bad idea sometimes. Like everybody in entertainment and sports stuff. Yeah, but I think that's, I mean, honestly, like, can we sit here and say, like, the Marvel movies might make more money, but are Marvel movies better than any movie that comes out that year? Well, any movie, yes. But are they in the top ten of movies that come out in any year? No. Okay. Like, so my point is, I wish they would just... I just wish they would tell I wish they would tell a good story like, hey, we're gonna make a Muppet version of this literary classic. It can be educational. It'll it'll expose the kids to this literary classic. Maybe they'll see this and want to read the actual version. Like, you know, there's some other benefits here that I know Disney doesn't care about because they only care about money now, but like that's the disappointing part. Yeah. I okay. Star Wars was a lot better before they started worrying about merchandising. So Star Wars one was good. That's what you. That's a new hope the statement you just made. A new hope. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, four. Uh, but that's the first movie they was the made. The only one that existed before merchandising. 
So well, four, five, and six all came out before like Disney was like, oh wait, we gotta sell toys to this. Like, I don't yeah. remember so Empire Strikes World, Back and Return they didn't of Jedi sell toys for Star Wars in 1981. I don't remember. Well, I mean, I wasn't. No, not you in my world. Remember? Yes, it happened before you were born. It didn't happen. Now I got you. Now I'm on the same page. I got you now. So you know, all those collectible toys that like are so priceless of like the old Millennium Falcon from 19. But Leland, think about like, think about the problems. You were born. It didn't exist. I got you. Now I'm now I'm on the same page. Think about the problems that exist in in the prequels and the sequels. It's yeah. it's the fear of, very, like you just, it's you the just fear of killing like, anybody because we can't to sell toys. Before Disney, before Disney, say it that way. Well, the prequels were before Disney, and they suck too. Um, yeah, it, it's the fear I of Disney because merchandising was very much a thing in the eighties. So I, I, you just can't tie it. It's it's the we can't kill anybody because then how are we gonna make money off that person? It's why Palpatine comes back to life. It's why all these characters that you thought were dead aren't dead. But, like, Obi-Wan's the only one that dies in the first three before the, spoiler alert, very end of the third one or the sixth one. Like, it all builds to the killing of the big bad. Boba Fett was dead. the only one that dies. Boba Fett dies. Um, Jabba He's the a bad dies. guy. That plays a minor role. Boba Fett. Or uh, Boba Fett is overrated for how much he actually showed. He's talked about and all this. He's overrated. Like he's <laughs> such a minimal piece. It's this Boba, Boba, Boba. Like, here's the thing: you're not. He's wrong. just living his best life, tying up hot girls. I don't know. You're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. The robot chicken version of the Star Wars parodies is what makes that character for me. I think I said Jabba. My bad. I meant Jabba. Boba's oh, overrated too. Boba yeah. is overrated, but yeah, the but robot got, chicken Star Jabba, Wars, the big blob dude, tying up the tying up Leia. Yeah. Um, Salacious B. Crumb, his little like pet thing that does the laugh is funny. Yeah, <laughs> that guy. Yeah. That's better. Oh, trust me, I'm very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like. Oh. And the Ewoks, that's true. The the Ewoks were merchandising. Um Oh my goodness. But you know yeah, what? I, I at don't... least at least the Ewoks were likable. Like I feel like when we do this now, they it's it's done in an unlikable way. That's what's his face in episode one, the water dude. Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Hate Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, he's terrible and the whole society of him. The Gungans, yes. The yes. Gungans suck. I would have been down for blowing up Naboo just to get rid of the Gungans. Like, <laughs> that's this is why you justify the dark side being the good guy. We never saw. We never. Yeah. Like that. Alderaan might have had a ton of Gungans on it, and they might have been like, mm, "Pass, <laughs> bam." I don't know why they just don't blow up the Sand Planet that Tatooine the movies Oh, you can't blow up Tatooine, dude. You got uh, Moss Eisley in the Cantina. I didn't have on our sheet talk about Star Wars. So that's the joy they get on this podcast where we Yeah. This is a holiday edition, a special midsummer <laughs> version of the yak. Just but, get on here and yak. Yeah. All but, right, you got anything else? I mean What do yeah. you got for Christmas? What's something you're doing? What's something special you're doing? I think we never answered that. I think we got into 
five different side topics. Yeah, I enjoy the side topics. I wish we could do a whole podcast. You on ranked side an topics. entire soundtrack in the meantime. <laughs> Not an entire soundtrack. There were two songs that got left off. Um, <laughs> it feels like Christmas and Marley and Marley. Um, but all those dudes. Yeah, Sandler and Waldorf are classic Muppet characters. I do love them. Um, but yeah, I just I think that uh, in terms to answer your question, what I'm doing for Christmas, like. We're getting together with family for, or I am, uh, on Christmas proper. Um, and then the weekend after that, uh, which we won't have a podcast before then either, uh, will be friend Christmas. And then um, extended family is the week after that. So it's the holiday nice. gauntlet. Um, Any I'm, decent, like uh, anything different, anything different than usual this year? Are all within the realm of the normal. Other well, they're not going to listen to this, so it's fine. Um, other than just like my general sense of dread, no. <laughs> like, and here's the thing: it's not that I don't like What's my family. Negative? It's not that I don't like my family. I love my family, uh, and I love my friends. But it's just like I don't know. This year in particular, I'm just like it hit me. I was like, oh, that is so much driving. I don't want to do like. Uh, and that's, I guess, the my biggest grumble on it is just the amount of driving going on. Um, but I know we're, when I get there, we'll have a good time, and I I won't care. But yeah, I'm spoiled. I drive like I have like a radius of six miles that I have to go. So yeah, like, I, I, I don't. Spoiled in that. Yeah. I will be going an hour and a half, two straight weekends. And then I will be going two hours the weekend after that. So Middle Middlebrook Road and Route Eleven are the are the by far the biggest roads I'm on, and each one of them are no, it's eighty one portion of road I'm on. I'll be driving all over eighty one. Yeah, yeah, I'm lucky with that. So that's good. We're in the same realm as normal with, with the family stuff, and we've been able to uh, spread out Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and the day after Christmas. Uh, across my families and stuff and has allowed us for more home time. Uh, it's developed this way, uh, but it's, we're going to be in the same realm as normal. So I'm excited about that. And uh, yeah, no dread on my end. I, I, I like it. Um, it'll be fun with the kids, you know, that's the, what can make it the most fun. The quickest is seeing the little people uh, happy and, and, you know, I have some in the house, but even, even when you get the other family involved and stuff, so it's fun. Um, so yeah, and then the food this year I'm excited about because that's a touch different. Uh, where you know I guess the typical Christmas food is like a ham or turkey and mashed potatoes and all that. We're doing prime rib at one, and we're doing uh, you know fish and seafood at another. So um, like it's kind of nice to kind of get those broken out. So uh, I'm excited about both of those meals, uh, and one of those is uh, Christmas Eve, and one of those Christmas night. The day after Christmas, it'll end up kind of getting back towards more of a traditional um, Christmas. But yeah, it'll be after two really good, slightly alternative meals. So that'll be good. So yeah. I'm excited. Um, and Santa's I, Santa's on schedule to come because I think I've been good enough this year. So I'm ex- still excited uh, for that and uh, seeing the surprise of what Santa brings and stuff. So hopefully they just stay good these next uh, four or five days. So he actually does come. They're, they're testing that right now. I was going to say, it seemed like maybe before the right, podcast. Right when we went to start record, I had to get up and handle some of that. Yeah, so. I thought I thought Santa was about to cancel his trip 
to your house, yeah. uh, but hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he doesn't. And uh, the there's kids no can school turn this week. Has the kids still awake when we start recording? And uh, they were very awake. So <laughs> that's good. Um, but yeah, like I don't, the, I don't know what we're having for a Christmas meal yet. I I do know the traditional is turkey and ham, but it's also out of unlike Thanksgiving where we got shrimp added to the traditional meal. Um, uh, my aunt and uncle will be hosting and I don't have as much sway on that menu. Um, so that's Pulaski. You got to go down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a lot of driving. It's a lot of driving. Go yeah. Okay. Usually for Thanksgiving for and or Christmas. Yeah. Um, but I didn't think at Christmas, I thought Thanksgiving I, at Christmas. I, yeah, they, I mean, there's more of them down there, so they host more often than we yeah, do. But, um, sure. yeah, it's just a thing of, like, uh, and the family, I'll I'll enjoy it. It'll be fun. I'll love that. But there is part of me that is just, like, because I'm the traditional ham. Let's talk about ham for a second. Um, if we're talking about not country ham, it sucks. I hate ham. Ham, maybe the worst, well, liver exists still, um, but it's up there in, like, my least favorite meats. My wife doesn't like ham also, uh, but country ham is even worse for her. So. Oh, no, I love country ham. And that's because when people say this is too salty, I haven't run into that in my life yet. Um, I will. You like long johns. You're right. Yeah. I will just, <laughs> the saltier, the better hit it um and i know what you're thinking the sodium that can't be good for you it's probably not um but again you're talking this is his own personal ice caps he's burning yeah you're you are talking to the person (laughs) that said if the sec doesn't win a bowl game this year i welcome a meteor striking earth like i am here for it like i am not here for the long game at this point whatever we'll just (laughs) we're not here for a long time we're here for a good time and i'm here for country ham like I but, just want to eat what I want and watch what I want on sports. All yeah. Good. Well, just leave me alone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I want to watch Muppet Christmas Carol in college football. And I want college football to go back to conferences like they were in the mid nineties. Like just give me what I want and make the Orioles good. Make John Angelo sell the team. That's all I want. That's all That's I've ever Christmas, wanted. Christmas wish. That's all I've ever wanted. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't like ham. Um, and, and Turkey, I mean, like I said before, Turkey is an overrated dish too. Um, be careful, be careful. Do we have a Turkey sponsor? I'm not aware of our mascot is a Turkey. Turkey is an overrated dish. I, I, I will stand on that. I'm telling you, if we had a live Turkey on the sidelines, we'd win more football games. You know what? I don't think that's true. <laughs> I feel fairly confident in saying I don't think that's true. Um, Direct correlation. <laughs> live mascots and winning. <laughs> I don't know. USC has that Trojan out there. They don't seem to do a lot of winning. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. Nebraska should get a live Cornhusker on the side. Nebraska got the, the top quarterback recruit. Flipped yeah, from Georgia to Nebraska. Yeah. I heard. I'm sure well, yeah, you I did. Heard, I heard. I was with him every day this last week. I heard. Wow. I what a big win. Did you see the message board from Georgia speaking Yeah, of? they'll probably win the big 10. Oh, never mind. 
did you see the message board from the Georgia fan that was talking about, you know, hypothetically? I heard about it. Yeah, hypothetically uh, blocking his flight to Nebraska by interfering with federal flight regulations. That was something. He's like, oh, I'm not advocating for it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm, just saying. <laughs> I'm not saying Major League Baseball sends in the National Guard to rip John Angelos out of the front office and make him sell the team. I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, like right, well, we need to do more of this entertainment stuff, I think. this I enjoyed this episode. We'll see. It's been fun. Honestly, I did. We did approach this episode. Anybody's still listening, uh, Mom? Uh, we did approach this episode of let's just talk because we haven't talked for a week. We really haven't. You and I really haven't talked this week. Even less uh, tweets shared than usual. Um, so yeah, it, this was good. Uh, but I am looking forward to diving into the winter sports because I do want to see what's going on there and uh, make sure our listeners. Uh, are hearing what they need to hear with that. And also all the sports that matter to them, the Augusta County sports fan. So if you want to give anybody a special Christmas present this year, tell them about our podcast, tell them what we're talking about, local sports and the sports going up the ladder that matter to them, the Augusta County sports fan. And they can subscribe or listen uh, through Podbean, but then also Apple and Google and Spotify and follow us on Twitter. Cause I still call it Twitter uh-huh. and I will change that even in the new year. And uh, we have our Facebook too. So stick with us and uh, we'll jump into the winter sports. We'll also be breaking in a new year. We are going to be off next week. No between Christmas, New Year's episode. Mm-hmm. So when you don't see us updated on the feed, don't get worried. We're fine. We're just enjoying time with our families. Uh, some of us traveling six miles, others traveling 600. And uh, not 600. so then uh, we'll be back after the new year, right after the new year, right after these uh, semifinals get played, we'll break those down, talk about the national championship, and also be diving in to the winter sport. So tune back into us here in two weeks on the Exports podcast. And you know what? Another Christmas present. Tell them about the Muppet Christmas Girl if they haven't seen it. Do the right thing. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.